Everybody. Oh, wait. That was kind of delayed. Okay, sorry. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 320 of the All You Can Hear podcast. I am one of your essential co-hosts, and joining me today, my name's Wenzel. Joining me today are my two essential co-hosts. Music cult that also turns into a movie. I'm a transformer. I'm essential. Tanner, ready for action. Yes. So, if you can tell, if you can't read, or if... <laughs> 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 uh, the name of the episode is Lads Essentials. What does that mean? What the fuck are you talking about, Wednesday? I don't know! Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what we're doing is... Uh, I got the lads here, Colton Tanner, to put together for me uh, a list, two lists. Uh, their lists um, are movies and music albums, and there's there's 10, 10 for each of those two sections. So total, they both have 20 items for their lists. It's for both of them, it's their top 10 essential movies and their top 10 essential music albums. What, like, what... What is their essentially? What is like Colts movies? What 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 movies are essentially cult, or what albums? What music are essentially cult, or what movies are essentially Tanner, and so on. So it's basically all their favorites um, that would essentially be essential or important to them. Uh, and uh, I had them uh, again con- uh, confine it to ten. Um, They've been bitching at me, saying that this has been, been impossible to do. Um, I've just been quietly laughing, and uh, and yeah, and you're thinking, and you may be thinking, Wenzel, where's your essentials list? Why don't you have a top ten movies or music albums? Well, you'll have to find out about that at the end. Oh, a little, a little string you along, and guess yeah. what? I'm disabling fast forwarding this episode. Oh shoot! Yep, hacking yep. in. That'd be. Do you imagine how fucking crazy that would be if you could actually implement that into audio? That'd be terrible because people would force you to listen to <laughs> I'd, ads. I'd yeah, guess. exactly. I mean, I listen. I listen to the ads. I yeah. Uh, I, I usually do. I too. If I'm listening, like in my house, I'll fast forward the ads. But if I'm in my car, if I'm driving, yeah, yeah I fair. I usually keep yeah. the the ads on. Yeah. Yeah, but Colt here apparently wants us to skip the ads in our cars, so... Yeah, you should always be on your phone, not on the wheel. Do not hold the wheel, it's for scary people. That is a 2023 Colt Dockery quote. Mm -hmm. Also, since these movies are essential, we condone every act in every single one of these movies that we're going to talk about today. 
Wow. Yep. Now I'm, I also <laughs> should mention Col- Colt and I do not know each other's list. No. Yeah. Wendell yeah. doesn't know our list either. I don't. Yeah. Wendell I don't also either. doesn't know. <laughs> I don't because I I at first had. Uh, wanted them to put it on one dock, but then Tanner comes quieting at me saying, I'm going to keep it a secret. Oh, so it's, like, it's like we're the listener. And then, and then Colt, because Colt is, you know, under peer pressure, is like, okay, I guess I'll keep it secret too. And uh, to yeah. be fair, when I try, when I was doing my list, the dock was gone. Yeah. <laughs> How I, did you get I, rid of the dock? <laughs> because I, I, because I said I was going to private it, so I privated it. I was oh, like, like all right, sense. if we're going to play that game, then I'm going to play this game. That makes sense. I had already finished my list by the time Colt started with his. Also, just... to be fair, uh, the doc still exists. It's just that, I mean, there really was no point, and there wasn't really much on it anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's fine. Um, yeah, and I did offer them for each of their lists, like, two ties, basically. So uh, two items can exist at a certain spot. I know Tanner didn't take that up. Um, no. I don't know if Colt did. I don't know. I, I didn't because it's like I feel very definitive uh, with like my choices. Well, let's see if that's true. All right. Uh, so what are we what are we starting with, Wenzel? Let's get into it. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with movies and we're just going to go back and forth. So one person says they're number 10. The other person says they're number 10 and so on and so forth. Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to say like, OK, what the movie is, you know, why is it important to you? Um, you know, you can share a story or anything. Um, I might ask you a question. Who knows? But yeah, that's basically it. All right, Colt. Do you wanna do you wanna do youngest first or uh, alphabetical first uh, or ugliest? Let's go ugliest. <laughs> All right, Tanner, go. Uh, my Ooh. joke was that Colt would have went first either way. I can go first if you want me to go first. No, I'll go because I'm cooler. And I, we're going by swaggiest, so ah, uh, so at least yeah, swag to wow. most swag. That makes sense. So yeah. yeah, you should start. Yeah, for me, my movies, uh, like uh, Wenzel said to do is like the my least favorite is at the bottom. And Tanner said I'm gonna do it chronological. So I did it like Wenzel said. Number least 10. favorite, <laughs> least favorite of the. 10 i have colt, colt saying he actually ranked his 10 okay. through one okay i just want to make sure because that can be kind of deceptive i don't <laughs> want people to think that like you don't like these movies no, that would no. be awesome if colt <laughs> yeah. was like this movie fucking sucks anyways my number 10 essential movie <laughs> sausage <Okay>. party go ahead <laughs> fuck i forgot about that movie that was gonna be up there no, <laughs> <laughs> number 10 for me is ghost in the shell 2 Innocence, 2004, directed by Mamoru Oshii. Oh, wow. I, okay. I know that's uh, probably a hot take for some Ghost in the Shell heads, uh, but like, I really enjoy the second movie. There was a time frame, probably like two, three years ago, uh, when I first got my job. I bought every single uh, Blu-ray of every single Ghost in the Shell related thing, from the standalone complex to the Arise... Uh, to the live action, to everything. I love Ghost in the Shell. And uh, this is easily my favorite Ghost in the Shell related thing. I know a lot of people probably don't like that, but there's just something about it. It's just so beautiful uh, from the art to the characters. And there's a dog in it that's just a fucking beautiful it, doggy. That's the one with the Basset Hound, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That famous scene. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's also like uh, there's a nostalgic factor to it, even though I haven't seen this movie until a few years ago. It's got a similar to Metropolis, the one animated movie we watched a few years ago for the show. Uh, it's a nostalgic graphically looking. It's not necessarily looking bad. It's stylized for the time frame. Considering it came out in 2004, it kind of looks like a PlayStation 2 RPG cutscene, which is not a drag at all because to me, those look good. I enjoy those. They don't look like super hyper-realistic, but they're stylized in a way to look good for the time frame. And I, I just love Ghost in the Shell 2, in a sense, as well, from the story's perspective, as it comes off from the first movie to this movie. I don't want to say anything spoilery, but... Yeah, uh, you don't have to. It's great. Great movie. Yeah, no spoilers, by the way, for anybody wondering. Hell yeah. Um, hell yeah. Uh, you you say nostalgia, even though you just saw it. I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that because I mean, a lot of films do that. They they in they purposefully put in instill in you a feeling of nostalgia, even if you didn't get to experience at the time. I mean, you can still feel that. That's very valid. And um, and yeah, no, I mean, on Letterboxd right now, uh, Colt has it at five stars, and uh, it's it's average rating is three point eight. I mean, that's not bad at all. Nah. Um, and uh, and that famous, I, I mean, that famous scene of the Basset Hound alone is uh, enough too. I think to garner a lot of attention, positive attention at least for this film. Um, haven't seen it, but I know I definitely need to. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Colt. All right. Well, my number ten, kind of in the same vein. Uh, by the way, I for I'm going chronological, but I'm going oldest to newest. So my number ten is the oldest movie, a part of my essentials. Be the same thing for albums, going up into the more recent stuff. Let's my number I'm older. I have a, a movie in here that's uh, it's pretty old. I also this first movie. Uh, I went with 1954's Oh shit, White Christmas. Oh, wow. Uh, directed by Michael Curtis, who, if you're not familiar with, uh, directed things such as The Jazz Singer and Casablanca. Where's a brown Christmas? Am I right, boys? Amen. I'm always saying that. Um, so if you don't know, it is a musical. Um, has Bing Crosby, uh, like names you would recognize Bing Crosby, obviously one of the most like famous <laughs> entertainers ever. Rosemary Clooney, who, if you don't know, is actually the aunt of George Clooney. Um, and I'll know that. Wow. Yeah. Kind of uh, in that ilk. Um, essentially, it's just a feel good musical Christmas story. Uh, I, I think it is a bona fide classic. I, so I had watched it in pieces through the years. Just I, I mean, if you know me at all, you know, I'm a huge Christmas guy. It's literally my favorite time of year. And this movie to me just encapsulates everything that Christmas is truly about, like just the camarad camaraderie and like the just just getting together. Like it's not about the gifts, it's not about the presents. Um, a little bit. It's a little bit about the gifts. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my presents. No, but like, <laughs> I love giving no. presents. It's a lot about that. Yeah, I, I do love giving, it, and that's kind of like what this movie drives home is about, like doing like a selfless act for someone else and it i mean it's truly a great story this the musical aspect of it i know neither of you two are like huge musical guys but i really think y'all would really dig it whoa um, whoa whoa who said i wasn't a musical guy well I, 
not as big of a musical guy as me, I guess. I'll, I, I, I should, love musicals. I should, say, I should say that. Well, you would fucking dig White Christmas. Um, It's a classic. I believe maybe one of uh, Justin's uh, from Cajun Greatness, one of his favorite movies of all time. Um, I'm definitely right maybe? there. I feel like I, I feel like a wonderful life. Too. Yeah, I, I know he likes both of those movies a lot. I don't know which one he would like more. Um, I, and, and It's a Wonderful Life almost made this list. Um, so it's not on. <laughs> the, no, no, because this is the oldest wow. movie. It's a Wonderful Life came out like 10 years before this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is okay. a, it, in my eyes, bona fide classic. Um, it, it, it is. I watch it. I've watched it every year for the last couple of years. It is uh, amazing. Uh, black and white or in full color. Uh, it's great. I, I would highly recommend watching the full color version because it's been like restored over the years. It's like really crisp. It looks really great. And it's it really gets you into the holiday spirit. Uh, like I know like the first Christmas I watched the whole thing like from front to back. I was like going through a time where I was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do in like my professional life and, and stuff like that. And like, it kind of just like cheered me up. And it's not like you would expect a Christmas movie from the 1950s to have like a huge religious message. And this movie does not have that. There's no like, oh, by the way, if you don't like Jesus, you're going to get, you know, killed. It's not that <laughs> at all, which is, again, super surprising for a Christmas movie from the 1950s. Uh, but it, it's it's truly fantastic, and uh, yeah, I would be spanked furiously if I didn't include this on my list. So yeah, White Christmas number ten. Who would spank you? Myself. Oh, uh, well, all I have to say is, guys, your number ones better be Passion of the Christ. Oh, mm. what if I told you the rest of my list is Mel Gibson movies? Oh, oh, uh oh, uh oh, and it's not the good ones. Yeah, that's even worse. Um, okay, well, yeah, uh, always appreciate a feel good movie, you know, nothing wrong with that. I just don't watch many Christmas movies. I like this one, I thought it was the same as The Beautiful Life for some reason. Uh, you know, I, I don't blame you because all the time when I think of White Christmas, I also think of A Beautiful Life. It's a w wonderful life. A wonderful life. Sorry. Oh, yeah, life. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's a wonderful yeah. life is pretty heavy handed, heavy handed with its like religious stuff. But this is totally different. Yeah, it's just. um, Yeah. OK. Yeah, no. Uh. And I mean, I'm looking at some of the restoration stuff right now. It's very crisp. You're right. Uh, yeah, the colors it, are gorgeous. Well, yeah, it's it's <laughs> gorgeous. When I because I used to watch the black and white version, and I think actually last year was the first time I'd ever watched the fully in color version. I was oh, like, wow, oh my god, how is this not the version I've always been watching? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice. Mickey, number nine. Let's go. A oh yeah number you know, I should mention I, i'm gonna say this right now my side is wet um uh <laughs> because i opened a can of coke zero and it made up the most beautiful and perfect arc um where it just exploded out of the can and hit my side in my chair well, <laughs> nobody saw it i know i'm just telling you that's why I, before the podcast i said i'll be back was because i had to go get a I had to go get a towel. I was wondering what happened because Wenzel joins the Discord. He's like, I'll be back. I'm like, a little panicked. To... Yeah, I was, I was like, <laughs> because, because it caught me so off guard. I literally opened the can and 
the perfect arc of Coke Zero streams out perfectly. Like it even does that that physics effect where when it's a when it's a, a perfect stream, it's ah. frozen. I don't know how or why. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I was freaking out because <laughs> there was so much of it, and I was afraid it got on all my books. No. Uh. I've definitely have been in that situation before, so I feel like I also would have been panicked. Yeah, yeah. No, I just got How my side you so, You're so good at spilling stuff on you. Like, it's a talent at this point. <laughs> well, let's just say it's my quirk. It's oh, <laughs> not really a good quirk. <laughs> well, that would just be a... you wait. Just you wait. Whenever there is a villain chasing after you and you need them to slip, you'll be wanting me. You're gonna slip and bust your ass before the villain does. <laughs> Wigil just really nervously pulls out a Coke Zero out of his backpack and like shakes it up and he opens it, but somehow he like all the drink gets on him, but he drops the bottle and the villain trips on the bottle <laughs> and breaks his neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that probably would be what happened. All right, all right, enough joking around. Let's get serious. All right, number nine. Uh, let's get some fun. Uh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to bring the mood down with my number nine. Uh, oh, because, uh, <laughs> I have a it feeling really, I might know what it is. It's, uh, it's you, you probably don't cause you haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Um, swear to it's God. A mo- it's another movie we've watched for the podcast before. It's a oh. beautiful movie. It's Incendies 2010. Oh, no. Directed by Denis Villeneuve. Also, I, it's on Sunday. Ansandi, this movie is a masterpiece of pain. The soundtrack's done by Radiohead. Just all across an absolutely horrifying, beautiful movie that I will never forget. Uh, Denis Villeneuve is one of my favorite directors of all time, and so you can probably guess he's going to pop up again later. Uh, Jesus Christ! This movie. I don't want to say anything about it because you can't. You can't. You know, gotta watch it, man. People gotta watch it. Uh, ah, uh, man. I guess if you want to. I mean, if you, if anybody listening has seen it, oh God, I don't remember what fucking episode it is. We did it. We did an episode where we watched this. Um, if you can, if you can find it, go find it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go through at this point over 400 pieces of audio on the main feed and uh, just read all the descriptions. It was like a year ago, year or two. It, ago? it was no, it was a year ago, I think. Yeah. Oh. It's in there. Yeah, it's in there. Uh. Wow. Damn. It's I'm a sure great we, movie. It's a great movie. If we, I'm sure if we asked Pat, Pat could probably come up with the number within seconds. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> anyone want to do that? <laughs> I, I was really scared you were going in another direction. I know nothing about that movie. I've never even heard of it, but I, I, I love. You, you should know. see it. Yeah, I, I you should, watch it. should watch it. I'll watch it. It's a long uh, one, but good God, it's it. it, oh, it that's oof. all. It's it's heartbreaking, man. Oh my God. Um, all right. Are y'all are y'all ready for my number nine? Yeah. Yeah. So. Kind of went in a different direction from Colt, but I think I think this movie is a lot deeper than what it may appear on the outside. I went with 1988's My Neighbor Totoro, directed by oh, Hayao nice. Miyazaki. <laughs> Having a real uh, fucking Grave of the Fireflies uh, Totoro here. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, make, make all of like, mine and Colt's movies double features. 
just our number 10 double feature. Make this number nine a double feature. Again, That's I know nothing crazy. I know nothing about Colts number nine, but just make it a double feature. I think it'd be funny. honestly. Yeah, I would. It's I would. honestly, in my opinion, I mean, it's because it's more personable. I I feel like Ansandi's is more heartbreaking than Grave of Fireflies, but Grave of Fireflies is incredibly heartbreaking. I only say that because Grave of Fireflies is animated. And the Ansandis is like is live. Yeah. So I, I I can see what you're saying of like it kind of it feels more real. Um but because, they now, both happen. But the thing is, is that Grave of the Fireflies, like that that also like yeah, that's based around both actual, bad. they based around both actually both movies are based off actual event events and Ansandis is actually based on a play as well, based partially on um events and somebody's actual life. Um, and if you don't know what Colt's referencing, Grave of the Fireflies and My Neighbor Totoro was a double feature when the movies came out in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but uh, I did not experience My Neighbor Totoro that way. I went in just My Neighbor Totoro. Um, again, not going to get into too much, but I'll, I did not know what this movie was about before I watched it. Like a cat bus. Yeah, I knew there was like, oh, there's a bus that's also a cat. Oh, there's... Totoro. I knew who Totoro was. And um, but like kind of the surrounding it's almost like the B plot of the movie, because it's really not even the focus of the movie, um, is like truly heartbreaking stuff. When I watched this movie the first for the first time, like the credits hit, and I probably cried for like a half hour. Um oh, wow. I think yeah, uh this movie is I mean, obviously, you know what you're getting with Ghibli, like beautifully animated. To me, it's Miyazaki's and Ghibli's like magnum opus. I don't think I like there's a ton of Ghibli movies I considered for this, but like I don't think any of them come close to Totoro's greatness. I don't think, you know, Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, um, God, like Porco Rosso, Kiki's Delivery Service. I, those are all fantastic, great genre-defining films. I think Totoro beats them um, in yeah. a head-to-head. That may, might be a hot take, but uh, yeah, my, my neighbor Totoro um, is absolutely phenomenal. It breaks my heart even still when I watch it, and I know what happens. And it's like, it is super short. It's like 86 minutes, and it's just... Like it's it's so happy. Don't get me wrong. The movie is so happy, and Colt kind of mentioned it in with his uh, number ten. It brings a, a sense of nostalgia to me, even though I did not grow up in 1950s Japan, which is when the movie is set. Um, I know might come to a surprise to some of you. Um, and I did Wait, not watch what? it. Yeah, and I didn't watch this movie th- for the first time till I was like 19, uh, maybe 20. And we've been like um, telling you to watch those movies pretty much entire time we've known you yeah i know um but it is just uh, it's it's uh, incredible i uh honest to god probably like the in my opinion the best animated film of all time uh i think it's an absolute masterpiece in every single way i no no flaws Damn, I guess uh, you don't need to speak the rest of your list now, okay? All right, Tanner's well, done. Well, no, I didn't, say it's, I didn't say it's done. the best movie of all time. Tanner's done, okay. Bye-bye, Tanner. I didn't say it's the best movie of all time. Why don't you take your little leaf umbrella and get out of here?
Yeah, I love Totoro. Totoro is a great movie. Totoro I haven't seen it in over ten years at this point. You need to watch it because I think damn. you it's... will feel differently about it at oh my god twenty four than you did at fourteen. I just think you're going to be able to get the nuances of it more. The thing yeah, is, I gave it like watch. I'd give it a five stars back then. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, and it's that's the thing really about watched. Totoro too is like it like you could you can tell it's a fantastic movie just watching it even if you like watched it on mute because like i mean the animation is that good and the fact that it is 35 years old is kind of mind-blowing but then you turn the sound on the voice performances is great the the actual like original soundtrack for it is great the sound design in the movie itself with like because it's set in like the late summer with like the cicadas and stuff i mean it's a masterpiece and the English, well, this goes for all Ghibli movies. In my opinion, the English casting is always really well done. It's always a British person, though. Yeah. Has to be I British. Know. It has to be British, because um, America sucks. Amen, brother. Yeah. I mean, that's what Miyazaki thinks, so. Yeah. I mean, which is fair, and then Britain also sucks, but, you know, um, who wants a... Uh, who wants a redneck voicing uh Totoro? I kind of want that. You should. Not <laughs> I kind of want that. Oh man, yeah. I was about to say like a Sam Elliott voice voicing Totoro would actually be extreme, or like the dad in the movie would be extremely sick. Jasperville oh, canvas. Wait a minute. What about Woody Harrelson for Totoro's voice? Uh, Give me an example yeah. of his voice. Ah. Oh, oh man. Um, I guess I just don't think as of Woody Harrelson as like Southerner. I really? do. I do. I, I I can hear his voice in my head now. He, he's, he's speaking. He plays to me. usually like Texan or Southern. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. plays Tex in now, fucking Zombieland. I think. No, I mean I get it, and like I know he's from Texas. He's he just I he's not my first choice when I think of like if we want to get somebody that sounds like I'm thinking Sam Elliott. <laughs> and his dad was a hitman for sure. the mafia. Yeah. So what's more Southern than that? Also, too, did, I think Woody Harrelson is like he's like political views recently. Like, oh, yeah, he he was at a Robert F. Kennedy uh, <laughs> thing. Yeah. I think he was drunk. He was playing his character from Hunger Games. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> oh, my cause, God, because Robert Kennedy exists in that world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, OK, but here, here's my here's another one. Matthew McConaughey. for Oh, that would be good. <laughs> Okay. Can you imagine though him like all right, all right, all right, and he's like every day I get older and they stay the same age. Okay, let's calm down. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> all right, Cole, go go with your number eight. That Yay. is a daze. That is a dazed and confused reference. I still haven't seen it. I want to see it because it's apparently really good. It's all right. Uh, all right. Number eight. This is gonna be my newest movie on my list. So, oh, it's a movie that I saw last year. Uh, fuck, my computer just went to sleep. Shit. <laughs> it's wake, it up. wake up, wake up, wake up. Uh number eight is t- The Northman. Uh came out oh. in 2022, directed by Robert Eggers. I'm a huge Viking head. I love those uh, uh damn, that sounds problematic. I, I enjoy <laughs> the Viking I, I mythology and the uh... history. I enjoy <laughs> Yeah, uh, reading about it and learning about it. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, uh, and this movie pops off like crazy. It's not like a uh, full-on action flick, 
But holy shit, when that action kicks in, it makes you want to scream. In the trailer, they show a scene where the main character, I can't remember the actor's name. Oh, uh, he's Skarsgård. Yeah. Uh, he catches a spear mid throw and does a 360 no scope and throws it right back. It's that shit is hype as hell. And it, it, it ends in the most beautiful way possible. I volcano. That's all I'm going to say. It's so fucking awesome. I absolutely love this movie. I can't get enough of it. Uh, like Jesus Christ, Skarsgård, butt naked fighting another man, butt naked. Fuck. <laughs> damn. That's my review. <laughs> that's that's re- Yeah. Uh uh damn. Um that's a good choice. Uh really good. And I, I see you know, don't worry, you know, uh you're you're fascinated by the history and the culture and um everything like that's you know, that's perfectly fine. Um as the Northman was incredible. Uh I saw it as well. Um it was great and uh a really really just interesting take on like magical realism, but in with a uh, Viking um, Viking aesthetic and Viking uh, driven kind of. Yeah. Uh, Cause story. like, it just kind of like goes into plays on like how uh, the, it's not necessarily magic. They're just using drugs or it's hallucinations. Cause there's a scene that's really cool uh, where uh, Skarsgård goes into a crypt and I'm, I don't want to say what happens. It's really cool. Yeah, but that's that's what's also what's cool about it is that as well. But like it's still ambiguous enough that um, you could still take it as yeah. magical. Uh, and I think it's, that's a reasonable thing to come out of it. Um, yeah. OK, cool. Great, great choice. Yeah, I also really, really dug the Northman. I, 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 Cole, I knew you really liked it. I just didn't realize you were so high on it. Oh, it was one of my favorite movies last year. Well, it was my favorite movie last year. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was, actually. <laughs> huh. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about the, the double feature idea I had earlier. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. My number eight. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it. 2006. Directed okay. by... One of the great American directors, Jeff Tremaine. I bring to you, oh god, Jackass number two. <laughs> Fuck. This okay. is not. This is not a bit. I, I don't. I don't want to think that you think I didn't take this prompt seriously. I am a huge Jackass head. Uh, Jackass number two is, um, to me, a movie about brotherhood. About it truly is like the birth of the modern definition of what we now know as dude rock. Yeah. Um, and it's a inspiration for so many modern day YouTubers. It really is. Like, I'm not even shitting you. Like the whole reason I ever wanted to get into content creation was because of jackass and, uh, nitro circus. Did, okay. Uh, did you, re- did you watch jackass two originally in 2006? And to, uh, it was it was probably like 2008 or nine by the time I watched oh, it. Okay, yeah, I had so, to wait yeah. till it was on like a streaming service. Yeah, there was no way I could have owned a movie with a cuss word in it when I was ten. Yeah, yeah. How, how how old were you? I, I would have been probably thirteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was probably so. like ten or eleven when I watched them. Okay. Yeah, but um, 
Don't tell my mom, please. <laughs> <laughs> I like obviously there's not a way to spoil Jackass number two. And if you can't remember, like kind of some of the stunts in the movie, you have the Toro Totter, which is where they're playing where they're on the four-way like seesaw and the bull is coming and like they're they're pretty much playing floor is lava but they have a bull running at them yeah yeah um it's that it's the beehive limo uh it's the movie where uh they drink horse cum jesus christ Um, an iconic one that one yeah literally like one of the most like iconic jackass stunts in, in my opinion um it, it has all of the cast like all of the original cast like obviously before any sort of falling outs or anything yeah um and i mean it's just so much fun like it, it like so jackass number two coming out in 2006 so obviously jackass at this point had been off the air regularly for like five years yeah but we had gotten all of the spinoffs we have gotten uh wild boys and uh bam's show that i'm forgetting the name of at the moment oh fuck not on not unholy union he had a show before that the bam it might have just been the bam margera show yeah it might have been um you had that and and then knoxville and this is pre-nitro circus so just all of them coming back together they had a huge budget for what is essentially just a long episode of jackass they had a 12 million dollar budget which is fucking insane for a movie like this um and i assume most of that was in travel because there's stunts here from like seven different countries yeah um but it's just it's so it's so good i like honestly i think just the brotherhood of the movie it truly is dudes rocking and it's just it's just a fun time uh last year after jackass forever came out i rewatched all of the jackass movies and they're all great in their own ways even like the the 2.5 and the 3.5 and stuff but jackass number two still stands on like a pedestal if i was to have to pick one of those movies to take with me to a deserted island which is kind of how i thought about this list jackass number two is the easy pick out of out of like the jackass line okay wow that's completely fair i fucking love the jackass movies i watched all of them even some episodes of the tv show uh when the uh fourth movie got put on Netflix or mm-hmm. not Netflix, uh what was it called? It oh, was Paramount. On, it, Param- it was on Paramount, yeah. but Jack yeah. 4.5 is on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched all of those shits. I love all of them. And just from Jackass 1 to Jackass 2, it's crazy the quality jump because they have fucking money and they can do yeah. whatever the fuck they want now. It's just it is a classic, I will say that. But like if I had to choose a favorite jackass, I'd go with four. Uh, four, four, four is forever really is great. Do not get me wrong. And it, forever almost made this list. Um, I th- I think it's just the fact that jackass number two has everybody in it. Like yeah. I love forever, but like, obviously like missing bam is like, e- even though like there's good reason he's, yeah. he's not there. Um, you know, and just like everybody that didn't come back for the movie, like that, that's why to me two kind of takes the cake here because two feels like the end of like the original jackass era. Cause like with three, they start introducing new and like forever. They had like a ton of new people and they're all great in their own way. Um, they're all great, but jackass number two just has like, it, it still feels like the same group that started the TV show. You want to something funny? I had a I had a dream 
about uh, us at a diner and Ben Margera was serving us. And he was like, I'm a changed man. I'm doing better. Is this a recent dream? <laughs> yes, it happened like two nights ago. <laughs> We've had some <laughs> wild fucking dreams this week. <laughs> it was a very strange dream, but I was happy for him. And I was like, damn, I'm really glad he's doing well. Not happening. Uh, I got to ask, what are, you, what are both of you guys' favorite stunts from Jackass 2 then? Oh, shit. I can't remember all the stunts that are exactly in what movies. Yeah, because there's some there's some stunts. I, I mean, I I can come up with mine, but there's some stunts that are like we're just on the DVD release or we're a part of 2.5. Yeah, that's my um, issue. But my favorite stunt from Jackass number two proper is probably the um the Toro totter what I opened with. Like, it's just four of them. They're on this four way seesaw. I mean, Knoxville gets fucked up. I think this stunt might have been the stunt that caused him having to get catheterized for a couple of years. Yeah. Like he, he gets knocked out. Like it's, it's nuts. Um, but highly, highly recommend, uh, Jackass number two to anybody that just wants to like watch some insane shit. Now. What? Oh ben, God. Ben, and they're all super short. I'm looking at the stunt list and I'm completely forgetting about this. This is the one where Steve-O fucking puts a hook through his cheek. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. gosh. And there's yeah. the classic Wee Man running from uh what's his name naked through the streets. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, this there's some great stuff here. The butt chug. Yeah. yeah that's, but that's butt good. chug is great. Beehive limo is fantastic. I guess we're just gonna have the pencil and colt for them drinking horse cum. You know what? That's a classic, so why it, not? It, honestly, <laughs> that's how I first heard about jackass back in like 2006 i guess it would have been um because obviously i was way too young when jackass because jackass originally came out in like 99 so i wasn't watching jackass at four years old um sorry but that's how i heard about it, it was like yeah these dudes like <laughs> jack, they didn't jack off the horse but they got the horse comb like the way you get horse comb for like breeding horses they and jerked they, it off essentially and, well, oh well, yeah but the machine yeah yeah well that uh, it's not even a machine it was a it's a pouch yeah it's like a uh, sleeve uh, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so so they're holding it they're having to hold it they're not moving it um but it's essentially a i guess for lack of a better term it is a pocket pussy for horses. I was about to say that that, was, that captures that not... their semen in a bottle. Yeah. Um, and then because that was originally supposed to be the end of the stunt, and then they were like, "You should drink it." Oh. oh. And they're like, "Okay." I also believe. Uh, I can't remember if it's on number two proper or two point five because some of the stuff kind of gets conflated. I believe this is also the movie where Stevo eats a piece of horse shit in front of three six mafia yeah i think it, it is and washes it down with a warm i believe modello oh and, uh, the, and then they gave him a hundred dollars yeah um i i believe that that may be because there's jackass 2 jackass 2 unrated and then jackass 2.5 so they're they all yeah. kind of combined together in my head um there's also the classic i think this is jackass 2 or 2.5 it's one of it's the one where uh steve-o's in like a, a a helmet and one of them farts in it and uh 
the fart goes through the helmet and he throws up inside the helmet. Yes. Yes. And it also, I, I think it's in 2.5, but the scene where Steve-O paper cuts himself on purpose, that is like one of the worst scenes in yeah. all of Jackass. Yeah, because Jackass uh, number two also has a lot of stuff that like they originally filmed for Wild Boys and MTV was like, you can't put that on TV. There's no way we're putting it on TV. And they're like, okay, we're just going to put it in the fucking movie then. And then they put it in the movie. But yeah, Jackass number two, fantastic. That's my number eight. I, I went on way longer about Jackass than I thought, but it's a masterpiece. Now, I love it. Colt, you're going to have to fit in seven, six in your little spot. Seven, six. Seven, six. You're seven and six. You're going to fit them all in one spot. He he was he's kidding. He he's implying that I went so long. He's cutting you for time. Yeah, oh, <laughs> man. No, you're fine. Number seven is a movie that two of us here absolutely enjoy full heartedly. It's a movie that came out 2018. It's called Hereditary, directed by <laughs> Ari Aster. Hell this, yeah. This is my favorite Ari Aster movie. I haven't seen Bo is Afraid yet. I waiting to get together and watch it with some of these other dudes. Uh, but Hereditary is a fucking phenomenal movie. I absolutely love it with all my being. Uh, I, I remember watching it in theaters and seeing the, like the theater response. It was a wild, like wave of different emotions in that theater. Cause there were people laughing at it. Cause they thought it was stupid there's people laughing at it because they thought it was supposed to be funny. There are people, people like cringing. There are people laughing because they're horrified. Yeah. yeah it, I it was, was one of those. It, it was a fucking fun, awesome experience. Uh, it's a great movie to say, yeah, I watched that in theaters. Yep. Uh, in the next 20 years, you see a little kid like, oh, I love this Red Terry movie. Came out when, when you were what, like 40? Be like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I love Colt <laughs> making up a totally made up person. <laughs> but it's a great movie Ari Aster's horror movies fucking phenomenal Midsummer's also great but it is I, Hereditary is the better of the two in my opinion uh, do not stick your head out of car windows that's all I'm going to say <laughs> yeah. yeah that's usually um, good advice yeah I mean like Colt said that's, that's probably one of my favorite horror movies um, just that last sequence is like easily one of the most terrifying sequences I have ever had to sit through in a theater. Um, <laughs> I, and I'm still hesitant to even go back and watch this movie. Uh, even though it's like everything, almost so much in it has influence stuff. Um, like, uh, my art and, um, kind of the, the stuff I look at, like, uh, I like, I read or I watch or whatever. It's like influence, like my taste a little bit. So that's, yeah. I agree. Like I remember pretty much this entire movie vividly for some fucking Me reason. Me too. I remember it so vividly. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I just it's so striking. I man. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's no secret I don't like the movie as much as y'all, but I, I will give it this the theater experience for it for it was like really cool. Yeah. Um, and also it is like I do remember probably 95% of this movie and I have not rewatched it since we saw it in theaters. Same. So, yeah. I, I, expe I expect that to be on your list. Yeah, I mean, go I like Colt said he can't can't really say anything about it. Go and watch it if you haven't seen it. All right. Um again, just thinking about the double feature rule. 
Uh, up next, <laughs> uh, I have a little film from the year 2007, just a, a year later, um, directed by Brad Bird. I bring to you Ratatouille. Oh my god! My god! Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, this great movie. Crazy. It's a great movie. It's just strange that you put it on your list. No, I I'm just shocked at the contrast between you two right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our our list literally could not be more different. Um. Uh, <laughs> so Ratatouille. I'm not even going to get into the plot stuff because I feel like. <laughs> everybody has seen this fucking movie and it's 16 or, years old it is yeah. know about it through like yeah you at least know about it because there's been like what like hundreds of memes made of it now uh, yeah thousands there was a whole tiktok ratatouille the musical yes, de- yes. like during like the lockdown phase of covid like it's a whole it's a whole thing um i i'm just gonna say it is fantastic what what got this on my list it was um new year's eve 2020 so new year's eve 2020 into new year's day 2021 um it was before uh riley and i lived together um and she had got covid in between the time of christmas and new year's or or maybe it was her somebody had covid and we couldn't see each other so we couldn't spend new year's together um so i got hammered and i turned on ratatouille and i drunk live tweeted or live zeted if you will oh god um, skeeted yeah yeah like i live skeeted no i live tweeted ratatouille and honestly as far as watching movies by myself like and like obviously that like wasn't a great holiday for me like i couldn't spend it with my fiance because again we didn't live we we wouldn't move in together for like another month um so like that was awful and like I was like, oh my god, I can't believe like I'm not getting to spend like th- like New Year's with her. Like this sucks. Um, but like th- this movie made it better. Like I I don't know, I can't explain it. Like I, it could have been a little bit of the alcohol. Um, I was drinking White Claws, which is very much not a New Year's drink, but it's <laughs> all that was in the fridge. Um, and yeah, it was just like a great time, and I. I've seen this movie probably 10, 15, 20 times since its initial release. Um, Cause I, I did watch this movie in theaters. Um, it's just a phenomenal time. This, I, I was also at the age where like during the last days of school, like seventh, eighth grade, this is the movie they wheeled out to yeah, watch. I so, was going like, to say, I've seen this movie upwards of 20 times. This is, gotta be teacher's favorite movie yeah to show def- to kids yeah definitely really? I, I, yeah yeah wow I, I yeah i saw this once and it was in theaters wow yeah. that's crazy um, but yeah it it is fantastic and on uh, like honestly like from like a influent like an influential level it's kind of what got me interested as food as more than just like something you eat like thinking about like the artistry and like why this goes with this with food and it i mean it does it at a very basic level in this movie but you i have think to cry. It's, it's okay well i burped cold thanks for calling me out um but yeah it's it's phenomenal in <laughs> every single way i i like i have a such a deep love for this movie like it's it's actually a, a little crazy 
but it's uh, yeah, it, wow. it's phenomenal. Would you guys want to eat a ratatouille? I'd try it. I would try it. The to me, the way the movie makes it look, it looks more appealing to me than an actual ratatouille yeah, in the, real life. The real have version you, that looks not that great. Like, well, wait, have you seen? Have you seen somebody make it? Because I there's somebody who I watched like a couple of years ago actually make it. It looks yes. pretty damn. It looks pretty damn close to the movie. I just don't like how uncooked the tomatoes look. I don't like uncooked tomatoes. Uh, Wenzel, yeah. I'm, I, I think I know what video you're actually talking about. Oh, I could would, have been Babish. It might have been Babish. I would eat like that version. The times I've had the opportunity to eat Ratatouille, it was not made by like these like, I guess for lack of a better term, social media chefs. So like yeah. they would have pictures of it on their menu. And I'm like do I really want to spend $35 on this or can I get like a chicken parm? Uh, yeah, they don't, they don't hit the aesthetic. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, and, it, and genuinely like, it doesn't seem like something I would, it wouldn't be my first choice to eat, but I, yeah. I would definitely be down to try one for sure. I actually Maybe we should really make want to try it. Let's make one. Okay. Okay. Put that on the list. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, hereditary and ratatouille double feature. Double yeah. <laughs> feature, baby. Depending, I'm number six. Okay. Depending on what Tanner picks, this might be the best double feature yet. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, this it's gonna is. Be, it's going to be come and see. Come and see came out in 1985, directed by Elam Klimov. I'm not joking. Come I was see. right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this movie is one of the best oh depictions of war and loss from the point of view of a young child. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not laughing at your pick. I'm kind of laughing because Wenzel guessed it right. I'm yeah. also laughing about the potential for a double feature with my number six. Oh, my God. Please keep on. <laughs> it, it's it's such a good fucking movie. It's had me thinking about it constantly when I first saw it because I think... I want to say Wenzel saw it first. I know Jojo watched it first, but uh, for me. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Jojo. It was me. And then I let you borrow my criteria. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I fucking loved that movie. It's so fucking good. Oh, my God. There's so many fucked up scenes in that movie. The, the one that like is burned into my skull is the uh, church burning scene. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's just say, it's yeah, what happens in that way. scene? <laughs> Not just the church burning. I'll say that there is. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can see uh, the little kid, the actor that was the little kid, his face as he reacts, as he watches the church burn. It's just burned in my face. To be fair, I did save a picture of him as like a soy jack because I think it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, now, it's a, God. It's a fucked up movie, but it's really, really fucking good. It's really incredible, too. And it really kind of it's it's fascinating in the sense of like, OK, wow, it's really good at depicting how awful like, I mean, truly horrific, um, especially <laughs> World War Two was um, also to like how far uh, a director will go to uh, to depict that because uh yeah th there is a lot of controversy with how they um with how they got those some of those uh 
reactions and stuff. Um, yeah, they really traumatized this kid. This kid was fucked. This up. kid was traumatized, and uh, uh, that's that's tough. But uh, 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 but that aside, yeah, come and see is great. Like I and I still think about like you said the kid's face. I mean, it's literally on the Criterion cover. Yeah, um, it, it's like so iconic just because that kid in the picture you couldn't tell he's a kid he looks like an old man i literally didn't know he was a kid until y'all started talking about it yeah, yeah no, whenever it. whenever i got the movie first i was like oh yeah this is like probably this is probably like a 30 or you know maybe late 20 30 year old guy who is like aged but no it's like a child that's been aged like a hundred years <laughs> like it's man and the cover for it on letterbox it's a beautiful cover uh the poster that is it's really nice but it does not send the exact message of this movie is gonna fuck oh is it the, um it's yeah, like a, it, his oh, head but it's got like rainbowy colors around it yeah it's the um yeah that poster is really good but it does not do the justice of how he looks uh yeah, that it's a good poster. Don't get me wrong; very pretty. Um, I kind of want to rewatch it. Oh fuck! I don't it's know really I good. Handle, I don't know if I can handle that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's been on my list for years, but just from the little I know about it, I'm like, I need to be in the right headspace to watch this movie. But you know, that's the thing too is I always say like it's always tough because I I feel like sometimes like okay, you have to be in a certain mood or whatever, but then it's like that might. Does that really ever come? Sometimes I'm just like, I just got to do it. Yeah, I just watch stuff whenever I have the time and I want to watch something. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? I've been meaning to watch it. I'm going to fucking watch it. And that's kind of that's kind of how it was with Come and See. And uh, man, um, and I and I still think, uh, yeah, I still think about that. But I still think the about the um the little uh little pan uh little booklet or pamphlet you get with it in the Criterion Edition. Um. Because I, I forget that Come and See is uh, a Bible verse. Very haunting. <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Good choice. Uh, Man. I, it, would, it would probably be on my, like, it'd probably be up there, too, honestly, like, for top 10. Wow, spoilers. <gasps> All right, Tanner, what double feature we have here? Yeah. Tanner? Oh, yeah. What? Sorry. What the fuck are you doing over there? No, well, y'all broke out for me for like five seconds. So, oh, oh my gosh, it's it's your turn now. What? Oh, yeah, okay. What's the double what's feature? Double feature. What's the double feature? Oh shit. Okay, so my movie, um, it really it depicts, I think, like the quintessential, like it really taps into like the American fear of what they think or what a prisoner of war goes through. Um. Uh, directed by John Favreau, 2008's Iron Man. Oh my oh god! My god. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not a great double feature. I'll say that. Uh. Uh, uh, so I picked this movie uh, for a few reasons. Uh, so Iron Man is like my go-to comfort MCU movie, and I feel like it would have been really. A yeah, yeah. It's it's super weird because like I didn't watch Iron Man. Until I had probably seen like 15 other movies uh, in the MCU. Like I didn't watch Iron Wait. Man until probably before Infinity War. What? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. My first Marvel movie I ever saw in theaters was Avengers. 
That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, I never I saw seen... Iron Man in theaters. For I saw birthday. Iron Man in theaters, man. No, Ugh, but uh, something about Iron Man. I don't don't I don't know what it is. Um, uh, it's it's my go to like comfort Marvel movie. If I'm like in the dumps and I just want something in the background, I'll turn on Iron Man. I've probably have turned on this movie and I've listened to it probably nearly 70 or 80 times. Um, I've wow. not actively watched it that many times. I've probably watched it four, five, six, seven times, like sat down and watched it, um, in the last couple of years, but it, it's, I, I love it. Uh, and also like, I, I, it's essential to me for a few reasons. A, because I genuinely do love this movie. I think I'm, I tend to be higher on Iron Man than a lot of the fandom, but Not also, me. Like, I fucking love Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, like I know people that love Iron Man. I just like typically, typically when people are like, "What's your favorite Marvel movie?" Like, I have Iron Man pretty ridiculously high, um, in my MCU rankings. Uh, also the fact that it kicked off like the next ten years of like just hit after hit after hit after hit. Yeah. Um. Until like, recently. Well, I, I'm I'm talking strictly. The uh, Infinity Saga, Iron yeah. Man. I mean, yeah. I mean, game. I mean, sure, but also Thor was kind of a miss. I, the, the broader, yeah, the broader MCU, like that whole era, I guess. Because, like, yes, the first Thor was a miss, but like, you know, what what did that become? Like, Chris Hemsworth becomes like this huge international star, and yeah, because there, Thor, there's two, like, Thor, yeah, yeah. Um, also, Iron Man's design—that's easily my favorite Iron Man design. I, I, you know, I—I yeah. I was gonna—I was—I was trying to see that because, like, I was gonna wait till once you got done. But like, I, I gotta say it too. Like, the more I think about it, like about Iron Man, like the the first film is like it's just crazy because the um when I when I go back and look at it, the scene where he's putting together or he's having the suit put on him is still just a, amazing. Like, yeah. It's just still an awesome scene. Like you don't have that in the MCU movies now. It's like it's got to be sleeker and it's got to be simplified, you know. And, that, and that's fair. Um, All bio but, fucking design. I like angular designs. I'm a big I mean, yeah. I, and, I mean, and it yeah. looks rough. It looks like a even the final suit in at the end of Iron Man, like his final Iron Man one suit still looks like a work in progress and they do feed on that in all the movies like and, he's constantly be, working on it yeah he's constantly working on it i mean there's like gaps in the armor i mean that's also how he exploits his own armor is because of the gaps yeah no it's it's pretty cool also like I, i'm not going to spoil but i think the final line in iron man is maybe uh, the the most iconic single line in the mcu to date i i would say um I, i'm gonna say it because i think everybody that cares about iron man has seen it yeah it, that's fine it's it, again it, unless you've just been under a rock the last 15 years you know the what line i'm talking about it's where robert downey jr in front of the the press corps uh says he, he i made a says, stinky yeah he says uh-oh doo-doo no he says I am Iron Man, and then it just cuts to credits. It's like, oh shit! It's just so cool. This movie is so culturally significant too, um, in like the pop culture realm. Again, like I mean, from 2008 to 2019, I mean, it was just Marvel for the most part. Marvel hit after hit after hit after hit. You know, culminating in the like this phenomenal like two part final film. 
Um, and we won't talk about the rest of the MCU since then. Um, but yeah, I, like I, I gotta give Iron Man one its flowers. It's absolutely phenomenal. God, hell yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I probably should put it higher as well, just because again, whenever they're making, whenever he's making the suit, whenever he's in the cave making the suit, and then when he's having the suit put on, I mean, and it's just so like, like especially for early MCU, you know, fairly dark. I yeah, uh, not to say that makes something good or bad, but like it's just so interesting. Yeah, um, it feels so different than like a ton of the MCU stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's more grounded as well. It definitely it's, is. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the more reasons why I like it so much is because it reminds uh, me of the TV shows, and the TV shows remind me of it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, man, that's crazy. Uh, uh also I, Jeff Bridges. Uh. Uh, fucking uh he, he plays his character is warmonger yeah his suit i still have a toy from that time frame and it's so fucking awesome i've wanted a toy for so long it is such a sick toy um i remember his character's name is obadiah <laughs> yeah that's fucking crazy <laughs> um okay now actually that, that brings me a good question uh is, uh who's everybody's favorite mcu hero Ooh, oh like, man iron man iron man has been iron my man? favorite yes but living mcu hero is spider-man whoa spoiler <laughs> <laughs> um I, god all we can time... we can say we can say dead or living if you do choose a dead character there's not many um, <laughs> god I think I completely agree with Cole. I think my favorite all time is Iron Man, but I think my favorite currently is Spider Man. Okay, cool. Yeah. What about you? Uh, why would you ask me this? You, why asked, would you asked me this. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. God damn it! I don't have enough time. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, um. Oh my god! Why the fuck would you ask me this? You piece of oh shit. Oh my god! We gave you time to think. <laughs> Give me no time. Ninety seconds is not enough time. That's. A, I think you should leave it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really though. Uh, don't. <laughs> God damn, you're killing me with this. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Like, why can't I think of any other hero? You know, for the longest time, for the comics, I really love Moon Knight. Uh, I would say probably though for the MCU, I would have to say. Rocket. That's completely fair. Rocket okay, awesome. yeah, fair. I love, I love that little fucking raccoon. Um, also too with uh, with Guardians three, he make it's he's just he's just more um fascinating and even deeper now. Yeah, and it put so like yeah, I, I love Rocket. He's up there for me certainly as well. Guardians is my favorite Marvel team, MCU like easily. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, now okay don't you fucking throw this question back at me cole but what's your comfort mcu movie i i don't tend to watch movies uh repeatedly like back to back like comfort wise yeah i don't really know mm, okay that's fair um if i were if i were to say a comfort mc movie it would probably be thor ragnarok or uh probably guardians 2 yeah, but both great choices. Um, yeah. All right. Wow. All right, well, so 
well, great double feature lined up for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, please, please let us know if you actually do one of these double features. I have to know how deranged it comes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, next up is the final five for you guys. Yep, yep. So, now, uh, go. this is where it starts to get fun. Uh, Cause I was like, shit, this is going to be, because I knew my top three immediately, but four and five was like, mm, nom, 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 nom. anyways, uh, number five for me is Neon Genesis Evangelion, the end of Evangelion, ah. uh, came out in 1997, directed by Hideaki Anno. Fucking phenomenal end to an amazing anime, the best ending of the original, uh, in my opinion, of the three fucking endings. Uh, Jesus Christ, this is a beautiful way to end that series. Uh, holy shit. Because in considering it's the ending of that, I can't say anything about it. I know that's a lot of my movies, but like a lot of my favorite things are time sinks and their investments. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. In end of Ava, definitely. Uh, no, you're fine. I mean, yeah. just. Um, God, yeah, animation phenomenal, story phenomenal, story depressing. Uh, <laughs> like, um, it just really... makes you feel like a different person once you end, uh, because that credit sequence is just, oh, yeah, oh. like, I uh, God, it, it really, like, I mean, I know it kind of. Don't want to sound like that, but I mean, it really does kind of <laughs> just kind of change you. I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it it does. As somebody that watched it for the first time two years ago, like after watching it, you're just like, oh, what's my life look like now? <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I I mean, I can't really uh, add anything on. You just kind of got to got to watch it. Um, yeah, but you first got to watch the anime, which is gotta watch the anime something first. episodes. Uh, but if you want to, uh, you should get the full experience of watching all the anime. Get all those two endings, and then you can go for the extra ending on this run. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, what's your uh, what's your favorite, um, Ava? Uh, two, because I like red. Yeah. There. Yeah, two's pretty sick. Um, how'd you feel whenever... Uh, never mind. <laughs> I <can't have> <laughs> <laughs> I I'll say not that. happy. <laughs> not happy. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's just say when I when I first saw that, I was screaming. <laughs> I, well, I wasn't screaming. But I was crying. I'm so fucked up. <laughs> so fucked up. Um, okay, I guess Tanner, you go. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm just gonna say maybe our wildest double feature yet. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Man, I'm just going to come out and say it. In 2012, a little movie came out. Uh, 2012? Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. I thought that came out um, like 2009. Directed by Noah Bumbach, I went with Francis Ha. Ah, yes. Oh, my yes. God. Um, I don't want to hear it, Cole. You can... You can yeah, I, I know Cole is not a huge fan of this movie, okay, uh, which, is, Cole, which is fair. No, it's not fair because Cole gives it half star in letterbox when the Meg was so much worse. I mean, that is true. I mean, I, I, I like, had more fun with Meg. Objectively, Meg Shut 2 is worse than Francis Hall. I, uh, I don't want to deal with this middle class white woman. 
but she's um, not even she's literally struggling she's not even she's having a tough time oh like, it's so hard being able to be with my friend's house i'm not can, on the street no she can literally not she can almost not pay her bills like yeah colt she's a struggling artist she is a get out of new artist. york get out of new york okay, you can't make it as a dancer anywhere else but new york I I did not like this movie at all. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Well, well, um. Okay. So, uh, directed mad. by Noah Bumbach, uh, which a lot of people probably know now as helping write the Barbie movie. Fun enough, his wife Greta Gerwig is the main actress, the main star of the movie. Also, co-wrote this movie. Wait um, a minute. I didn't know they were married. I didn't either. <laughs> Are you serious? I had yeah. no idea. I thought it was so weird that they collaborated on stuff so much. I didn't realize they were married. <laughs> Is marriage story about them? No, it's about Noah Bumbach's probably his deal. Yeah, his I, parents. Yeah, I think I think that is kind of what marriage story is kind of about is um because I I feel like a lot of because a lot of Noah Bumbach's films like Marriage Story and uh the Squid and the Whale that's about I think his parents divorce or what they went through damn I sounds like wrong. he'd be a lot happy if he smoked a fat bowl okay well uh anyways so i picked this movie um for a couple of reasons so this is really to the first movie i ever watched with like trying to expand my horizons of what films i watched i've watched it the first time in like 2016 when i really like I was like, oh, I'm going to try to watch 100 movies this year. I never have really watched just like a ton of like stuff that made me think prior to this. Like I, I never really saw movies as any other sort of medium besides, oh, man, how cool would it be to get out of the house and go eat some popcorn? That's rad. Um, I didn't watch movies a lot in my free time. And so I watched this movie and I went, oh, wow. I didn't even realize movies could be like that um also introduced me to adam driver um who has become like my favorite actor uh so that's uh really cool um but yeah it's it's just like a movie about like the the struggling artists and kind of like having to come to terms with like not everybody makes it uh and and it's 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 just really good and also got me to I, i've watched like i think almost everything noah bumbach has ever done and i know i've watched everything greta gerwig has done at this point um but in watching this movie i think you can see like the thorough line between like this and like 20th century woman and uh like little women and then barbie like on, like honest to god um but yeah th this is like such a fascinating movie to me i i think it is uh essential viewing per se um i, I think I th yeah i think everybody that wants to try to get into film as more than just i'm not saying like in a crit like oh you have to watch the like a movie like this to truly understand film but this movie to me really opened my eyes to what film could be and uh, I always have really appreciated that. And I have a special place in my heart for Francis Ha. Uh, man, yeah. Um, no, as soon as Tanner watched it and like um, whenever we were uh, really starting to 
be, develop as friends and stuff. And he was getting really into movies. I remember him telling me to watch Francis Haw, and uh, I did. And it was like one of the greatest recommendations ever because like it's one of my favorite films now. Um, it's just a fantastic fucking movie. Like Tanner said, it's like it's like a struggling artist who she doesn't make it, but that doesn't necessarily necessarily say like she ends in failure. Rather. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's just like kind of like it's a coming of age, but it's coming of age for somebody who's in their thirties. Yeah, um, well, twenty seven. But oh, she's she's on the verge of thirties. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah. in her late twenties. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um, but she's in her late twenties, and it, it's basically like that—a coming of age, and it's it's not it's not sad but it's not it's it's really kind of it's real like it, it's, it's, it feels it, so like it's, real it's real and raw I, yeah. I guess is kind of how i would describe it it's it's really it's really fantastic and, and um, like i will say this in colt's defense i don't think this is a movie for everybody i do think everybody should check it out but i definitely yeah. don't think everybody's going to come out of this film being like i love that like you yeah, yeah. But just... if you rate the Meg two higher than this, yeah, I would say objectively you're a bad person and should be thrown say, in jail. I, but... Yeah, I would say you need to be put down like a dog. That scene where the <laughs> shark gets impaled by the helicopter blade was better than the entire. I don't agree with that at all. Um, I, I think I, I will think say if, anything... if if Adam Driver impaled a shark with a helicopter blade and Francis Haw, I think it would have been kind of cool. Yeah, would have yeah been, I would love sure. But um, no, I I think I think definitely for Colt, he you know when they put down dogs, they give him like something to kind of like relax them and stuff, and then that's what they put him down. I think Colt just needs to get the the poison straight away. Yeah. Um. Sure. That's just how <laughs> I feel. <laughs> no, no. Um. Uh. And and ever since too, I watched it. I've been wanting to get it for Criterion, and um, Tanner eventually got it for me for I think. My birthday or Christmas? Yeah, it definitely would have been a Christmas a couple years ago. I'm very, very grateful because it's uh, love it, just love yeah. it. Good choice, good ass choice. Yeah. If you are one of the millions of people that have seen Barbie recently, and if you want to get into more Greta Gerwig work, go and kind go of see out. like a very rough, rough, rough draft of like kind of more of the you know themes of Barbie. Check it out. You you may come away with a. I will say it's in black and white. It's an artistic choice. It, so just go in knowing that. But yeah, I I I definitely say give it a shot. Yeah, it's nothing like Barbie. I'll say that. Don't expect Barbie. Stop listening. It, 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 it's just not like Barbie, but I think a lot of the themes in Francis Ha and the themes in Barbie are very very similar. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Um. Yeah, go check out Francis Hall. Go check out Little Women as well. Oh yeah, Little Women is phenomenal. But yeah. like, a clap, almost made this list. The way I came to this list was I listed all the movies that I was like, okay, if I had to take movies to a desert island, I came to a list of twenty-one movies, and Little Women was on that list of twenty-one before I pared it down to to our ten here. But yeah. Oh wow. All, All right, right cool. well, what's our what's our next double feature? What's Yay! number four? <laughs> this is what e- end of Evangelion and Francis Haw is <laughs> something. This is when I said, like, it sounds like I'm breaking the rules, but I'm not in the chat the other day. Uh, this movie is called Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 Thrice Upon a Time 2021, directed by Hideaki Anno. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy hey. this movie. This is my hey, favorite you're... Evangelion thing. 
you're a piece of shit. Because I'm not breaking the rules. <laughs> no, you're, you're not, not breaking the rules. No, you're not. Completely different movies. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, I fucking love this movie. It is the complete opposite of End of Evangelion. It is the the happy ending for Anno. Because yep. uh, let's just say End of Evangelion. Not it's happy. not happy. Not happy. <laughs> nope. Nope. Let's just say some of us it broke for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Uh but the rebuilds It was me. I love the rebuilds with all my heart. I do. But this final one is peak Evangelion from the designs to style to the characters. Ah, oh, it's so fucking good. Just the scenes where it's just farming with Ray and she's learning to be a human. That shit is so good. God, and then oh, I can't say anything. But the ending, oh, the the ending, it's nothing but warm feeling inside I, right now. And I think so. I just a little inside baseball here. Three point oh plus one point oh was the last movie I cut before I came to my ten. It so in a theoretical world, it's my it was my eleven to oh, barely wow. miss the cut. Um, and I actually went back and forth a lot between this and another movie. Um, but yeah, it's so good. And just like knowing the fact that like, so obviously if you watch not getting the spoilers, but if you watch Ava and then you watch end of Evangelion, like, and Anno even says in interviews, like those movies show just like the absolute worst of humanity because that's how he felt at the time. But with 3.0 plus 1.0 being like the culmination, first of all, of like nearly 20 years of rebuilds. I think the original rebuild came out in like 2006, if I'm not mistaken. seven. Yeah. So, you know, 15 years. Um, And it was he could not have made this movie in the 90s when he made the other Avas. Oh, no, he was um, a different it, place in time. Yeah. He, it, it, like he was just a totally different person. So the fact that he got to finish this story in this way and and kind of do something that no other show has really ever done and I, like i can't think of any show that's ever just <laughs> rebuilt itself and has multiple endings and they're all canonical in their own like they're all canonical so you can kind of just like choose your own adventure with it and decide which one you think is the most canon is the quintessential ending i'd love um, to see more of that actually yeah yeah, like it, it's super cool. I think it'd be harder to do with live action than oh, anime, yes, but yes. it even surprises me that no other. I, I guess maybe because Ano just has such a high level of respect. Maybe nobody just wants to infringe on that. Like honestly, um. But yeah, I completely agree. Cole, this is probably the movie I so far I agree with you the most. Like absolutely peak. Yeah. Hated genuinely is it's a beautiful movie also getting to see it in theaters last year for my birthday was uh phenomenal oh it's yeah. very fun yeah i mean we saw yeah. we saw it when it came when it dropped on prime in 21 but we there they bought it to u.s theaters for like two days only and we watched it in theaters for my birthday last year and that was a ton of fun also uh <laughs> making riley sit through uh 3.0 plus 1.0 despite never seeing anything else evangelion related was just funny all, all was, I could think about fun. during the fan service scenes was like, damn, this is crazy for Riley. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but they still enjoyed it. So I, I think that actually speaks a lot to this movie because there's a lot. I mean, there you th theoretically have to watch the whole series, the original end of Ava, and then you have to watch three rebuilds. There's but like, 
yeah. 20 hours worth of stuff you need to watch before you get to this movie but the, the payoff's pretty pretty cool yeah but the, and the thing is too is like in this movie they start introducing like new concepts which <laughs> yeah. is just like what the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, which i i will say i love it i love it i love all of the biblical references and like um kind of like the, the pseudo biblical and like kind of the sci the sci-fi aspect with it as well it, it was just, it was just so it was so cool um and then the like colt said uh just a gorgeous movie i mean so many different um there's like so several different like animation like styles and um mediums that are kind of not mediums uh it's kind of medium like they did it's purposeful because there's a certain thing that's happening at the end there's a purpose yeah there's a thing happening at the end that's very it's kind of it's very cool it's uh it's almost similar to a montage i would say um god just really good and just really good knowing like the psyche of these characters who have been around for like over like several like two decades maybe literally my entire life like like ava came out in 95 so yeah so like uh, yeah so it, it, too yeah too um such a good culmination of all that fantastic yeah uh, yeah phenomenal great choice colt and i actually feel like that movie pairs well with my movie ah um so my number four uh is mo- probably my most recent watch that made it i don't think i watched it i think last year might have been the first time i'd seen it maybe 2021 that all kind of blends together um but i went uh, directed by one of America's greatest auteurs, Michael Bay. We have 2013 oh, Pain and Gain. What oh, the fuck? Okay. Uh, that, no, that makes sense. Tanner's talked about it quite a bit. Absolutely, I, I enjoy it, yes. Absolutely beast mode movie. Um, the Rock's career performance. Um, I would argue and say it's also Wahlberg's and Anthony Mackie's career performances. Oh, uh, but a hundred percent is the rocks. Um, it is just balls to the wall. Insane. If you don't know what this movie is about, go in blind. Uh, cause you do, you don't know what this movie is about. I will say based on true events, which is wild. And I, I, it, it's so good. There's a lot of, ah, man, I don't know. It'd be like if, you were watching like a high speed chase on TV and then all of a sudden it turned into mission impossible. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I need to rewatch it because I remember a bunch of scenes from it pretty vividly. It's just been so long. It's so good. And and like I said, like I, I would say easily the rocks career performance. Like I, like I think what he does in this movie is heads and he is perfectly casted for the role he is playing in this movie. Um, but yeah, go watch it. It, it truly is like a, a, a great <laughs> little indie film. Um, no, but it, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Go go watch it. It, may, it makes me want to read the book. There's I didn't know there's a book. I didn't know there's a book. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. A bunch of muscular guys. Amen, brother. Just one of them needs to not be there. Yeah. Looking at you, Tony Shalhoub. I don't know who that is. He plays uh, the guy who, uh, uh, I guess, villain antagonist. I don't know. Yeah, it's been too long. I don't know. He. he uh, this would be a Mon- great movie for us to get together to watch. 
Yeah, it probably would be. Uh, he plays Monk in the show Monk. Anybody remember that? <laughs> I remember the show, but I never watched it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. you would know his face if you saw him. Yeah. From top right. three now. Top three. Top three. Yeah. This my top three. Honestly, if you know me, you know my top three. It's super easy to guess. Uh, but anyways, number three came out in 2015. Mad Max Fury Road, directed by George Miller. My favorite of the Mad Max movies. Holy shit. Uh, also, funnily enough, my first Mad Max movie. I've seen all of them now, but at the time, I had only seen this one. Uh, thanks to Wenzel, let me borrow a DVD. And I watched it by myself. Fucking loved it. And then there was another time we got together and we watched it with Tanner. Yep. yep. Loved it again. And then I yep. watched it in Blu-ray, uh, upscaled 4K on my PlayStation 5. Whoa! That shit <laughs> is... So good. I think I enjoyed it more the third time because uh, I was like appreciating all the details and just everything about it. It's fucking really fucking good. Tom Hardy, I need you back, baby. I need you. Just, <laughs> I, I, I think he's already. I, I can't remember if he's in the next like mainline Mad Max movie, but I really hope he plays Max again because uh, ah. I, I know he's not gonna be in Furiosa, and I know. Uh, what's her name is not Furiosa. That it's is, uh, Anya Taylor Joy now, I think. Even though she was, wasn't she one of the mothers or the sisters? Anya Taylor Joy, no, she wasn't. I thought she was one of the pregnant women that got fucked up. Couldn't remember. No, no. But holy fuck, I love Mad Max Fury Road. George Miller, you are so talented. From Happy Feet to Mad Max, you've got skill, baby girl. Woo, you're going to Hollywood. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> uh tom hardy is playing mad max for wasteland and then yeah anya taylor joy is playing furiosa for furiosa very excited because that should be coming out next year uh i just remembered the strikes never mind <laughs> <laughs> damn um yeah no i i i've seen the movie about four times first time was in theaters second time was when we got it on dvd and watched it at home third time was i uh got a blu-ray of it watched it again and then fourth time was when we got together to watch it um yeah good ass movie i i mean really though you don't really need to watch the other mad maxes no, to watch no, this no. one you it only pull- makes you want to watch the old ones yeah, but then be like, oh, well, shit, Fury Road's so much better. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the last ones are fine. It's just, you know, Mel Gibson. I mean, there's a reason Fury Road is commonly heralded as the best action movie of the 2010s. Yeah, Mad Max 2 is very close. Not close, but it is a second place for me. Mad Max 2 is really fucking good. You get some of the most iconic Wastelander gear. Yeah, you movie. do. Yep. Yeah, Mad Max 2 is very good. Um, Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, good choice. Good choice. Uh, oh, my God. Such a good fucking movie. So wow. crazy. <laughs> God. All right. Um, So my number three. And again, these are not ranked. The literally in just chronological order. It, is this my number three essential? Probably not. But it is in my top ten. Uh, just wanted to preface that. Uh, so this story follows a man that has lost it all um and has to rebuild really from like a a very basic 
level and within this rebuild he you know he learns oh maybe i should focus more on family instead of career uh as much and of course i'm talking about 2014's uh directed by john favreau we have chef uh uh-huh. <laughs> yeah um i i really i really i tried my fucking hardest to not include two movies directed by the same guy uh <laughs> I think it sends the wrong message. Uh that I'm just Dick like Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's fine. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Wenzel did not this was a self-imposed thing for me. Like Wenzel did not say that you can't do this. Um, but yeah, Chef, uh I, I talked about it a little bit with Ratatouille earlier. Chef was the the movie where I watched where I was old enough where I could actually act on some of these food impulses and like could actually create stuff as well so like i've always appreciated it for that i think it is a every time i watch it it gets better uh it's like a fine wine per se uh the rdj cameo in it is phenomenal the fact that john favreau because he wrote the movie produced the movie stars in the movie and directed the movie so the fact that he cast himself to be able to score uh his ex-wife being Sophia Vergara and his side piece being Scarlett Johansson, I think is a beast mode move um, <laughs> yeah, that not enough it. people talk about. <laughs> in I've this never movie. seen Chef, so I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's fucking phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like a fun movie. And then it, like the back half of it is like a road trip through like the southwest into the southeast so that's a lot of fun and it's just a it's just a fun time like i can't really say enough like great things about it yeah i've been wanting to see it for years ever since the classic meme like have you seen chef my name is chef ask me this goddamn question so much i had no idea what's talking about it piss me off in school <laughs> yeah I, I, and then and then i'd be like have you seen chef and he he couldn't answer it i said no every single time yeah i haven't seen you're, it you're a piece of shit it's just because the fucking content creator at the time i was watching said it and like it's stuck in my head and for some reason when i hear something i like to repeat it repeatedly uh not so much uh to other people nowadays but i still do it just not as much but in my free time when i'm alone uh you would think I'm insane. Also, I specifically remember Colt trying to gaslight me after I saw Chef, where Colt would be like, oh, have you seen Chef? I'd be like, what are you talking about? I've I've talked about it. He's like, well, you asked me first. I was like, no, I didn't. See, that's what I'm saying. Colt's a piece of shit. Colt's a piece of shit. (laughs) He was like, yeah, you know, it's the meme that you did. I was like, I've never asked. (laughs) See? See what I mean? See? But yeah, it is ass. Light his ass up. Phenomenal. Uh, a, a great movie. I don't think uh, I. I do think I am on the high end of chef love. Um, but yeah, Phenomenal. I've heard nothing but good things about it though. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, like I've never heard anything bad about it. But I don't. I don't know if it's a lot of people's desert island movie per se. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's as long as it's yours. It is. I will take every copy to the desert island. That's pretty now, fucked up. I gotta ask, have you seen Chef? Um, actually, no, I've never seen it. Damn. That's a weird choice. How crazy would it be if <laughs> one of these movies I'd never seen? Yeah, it'd be pretty fucking funny if I haven't seen like five of the ten movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just wait till we get the albums. 
Oh goodness. Oh god. Yeah, right. I love uh try that in a small town. <laughs> Jesus. It's not even an album, it's a fucking song. Fuck. <laughs> Alright, top two time, baby. Yup, yup, yup. This is another one you've seen coming, talked about it for years. Interstellar 2014, directed yep. by Christopher Nolan. This movie, holy shit. This was like a big like tastemaker for me. This essentially gave birth to my uh my current brain. Uh I remember being in my room probably playing Call of Duty or some shit. It was uh I think I was probably playing Black a uh, Black Ops 3 maybe. I don't know. It was uh, a while after the movie came out, was not in theaters. Cody came in the room, he's like, hey you want to come out here and watch a movie with me and Jojo? I was like, sure, why not? Uh, uh I was there. No. Yeah. You were I watched Inter- I watched Interstellar with y'all. You did, but that was a, like a second time. That oh, was when Wenzel was with us. Oh, okay. I didn't realize y'all watched it. Yeah. Okay. It was me, Cody, and JoJo. We were watching it, and I was like, I felt like a little kid, like watching it with wonder. I mean, I was like 16, 15 around the time, but I just felt like my jaw was dropped, like emotions were fucking running high. I was so into that movie and when it ended i looked at cody and me and him were like oh like i was like teary-eyed and jojo was like i hated that (laughs) and i was like what the fuck is your me and cody were pissed at at yeah and we're like i think you need to leave leave." (laughs) yeah yeah they 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 escorted jojo out of the house this is like i genuinely think if you don't enjoy interstellar in any capacity like I like you can say you like it and I'll be like, okay, yeah, you realize it's a good movie. But if you say you dislike it in any capacity, in my opinion, you have terrible taste. That is, I genuinely believe that uh, you have not that you have terrible taste. It's just that you have a taste that is not good. (laughs) (laughs) So you would say probably a terrible taste. Yeah. Just say it. Just say yeah. it with your whole chest. Yeah, just say it. Sorry, Cannon, but you gotta, you gotta. Does Cannon not like this movie either? No, he hates no, it. No, he does not what like the it. Fuck. We were, yeah, no, we were we were so mad because like it was JoJo, Cannon, and, and goddamn Justin all talking about how much they they hate it, and uh, but they're like. But they put the prestige up there. And don't get me wrong, the prestige is a good movie. Sorry, we're kind of talking shit on people right now, but uh. The twist no. is nowhere as cool as the fucking twist in Interstellar. Like, there's not even a twist. Well, there is a twist, I guess. Um, I mean, there is a twist in Interstellar. There, there's a twist, but like, what? Like, I mean, you can't deny everything that ha- that's in Interstellar as being like larger than life. Like, I mean, it, it is too insane. Like, don't get me wrong. Again, Prestige is a good, good movie. One of Nolan's good movies. But nowhere near has nowhere near the technical, like, ability and aspect that's in Interstellar. Like, yeah. nowhere near I feel that. Like Interstellar set like a benchmark. It yeah. did. Like, like Inception was. Well, goddamn, the Dark Knight series is fucking good. Um, yeah. Nolan's an all timer director. He's like He's my all- second favorite director. The thing, yeah. the thing is, is I can't sit here and say like, oh, well, these movies are better than these movies. Be- well, I can, but like, I mean, like all around, like he he has banger after banger. There's like barely any misses. I mean, yeah. for me personally, um, like probably I would say on the low end 
for me would be Oppenheimer. But even then, yeah. Oppenheimer is still a good movie. Yeah, Oppenheimer is probably my least favorite Nolan movie I've seen. I gave it four stars. Yeah, yeah. gave it. Four I, I kind of feel that stars. with Tenet. Like I feel about Tenet how y'all feel about Oppenheimer. Um, but and, Interstellar is objectively a good movie. And like, like I feel and, like it's a movie. If you watch it, and I'm I'm with you, Cole. If you come out of it saying it's bad, like I just. I don't know what you're looking for in film. Yeah, because <laughs> like, like, okay, those three, Jojo, Cannon, and Justin keep talking who about- we, like, Who what? we love dearly. Who we love dearly. They keep talking about scene, certain scenes should be shorter. Like, what fucking scenes? Th they always say the chase scene in the fucking cornfield. I'm like, oh, fucking K, does that mean that the whole movie's fucking bad? I mean, you can't sit here and say there's no, like, the, the, the movie where they go to the planet with- fucking time you know it's so close to gargantua that time is distorted where one hour is seven years you can't say that's not like heavy you can't say that the technical aspect of how they uh interpreted and visualized a black hole isn't impressive because literally that set that was what set the standard for science um yeah. Like you can't like, and, and it's all, all practical effects. Like Christopher all, Nolan is known for. <laughs> yeah, it's all practical effects. No, I mean the digital effects are all fantastic. Like mm -hmm. you can't sit here and say that none of that looked pretty. You can't say it doesn't look gorgeous either. And, and the performances too. Everybody did great. Matthew McConaughey, this is your best role. Uh, oh, fuck. easy. Yeah. It goes Sorry, Interstellar I one, How to Lose a Guy in Ten get Days two. That'd probably be funny if I know what that movie was. I've never seen that movie. It, it's it's legitimately a great movie. Um, sorry, I'm I'm also passionate about Interstellar. <laughs> I fucking love this movie so it's much. So and also, good. the cornfield yeah. scene with Chase was too long. Excuse me, I don't even remember that scene being long at all because I felt like it was like maybe two minutes tops. Yeah, it, it, I, it I happened, really want to rewatch it because I haven't. I think I've watched it one other time since the time we all watched it together. Yeah, I've um, only seen I, it twice, but I honestly, love it. Yeah, I haven't just, watched it since Riley and I have been together. We should just do a Nolan like watch through. Okay, I guess. Okay, God. fine. Summer of Fisting too. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Christopher winter Nolan, Nolan edition. <laughs> we already have the winter planned out. Uh, <laughs> springtime Nolan. <laughs> oh man, or Nolan falling. We, I mean, we already have the fall planned out. We're releasing this in the fall, I think. Yeah, um, <laughs> this episode's coming out the last week of September. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm talking about the next fall. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, all right. Well, okay, yeah. Um, great choice, Cole. And uh, yeah, I do know you're number one. Um, oh, yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. Um. So my number two, and you may be able to guess this if you, if you know me and if I've ever talked to you about movies in any capacity before. Um. To me, the greatest American coming of age story of all time. 2017's Lady Bird, directed by oh, wow. Greta Gerwig, written by Greta Gerwig. Um, I, I think this movie is. <laughs> I, I mean, I know I've said it a lot, but like, obviously, they're my essentials, you know? I'm going to say it. This movie is a masterpiece uh, to me. Uh, really. It was my first taste of Timothy Chalamet, and also, um, I always mispronounce her first name, Sersha. Yeah, Ronan. Yeah. Um, who who is phenomenal in like literally everything she's in. Uh, and I am a, a Timothy Stan per se. Uh, but yeah, it is. 
phenomenal. Again, kind of in the same ballpark-ish of Francis Ha, except we're dealing with high school age versus late 20s um, this time. And it is set in uh, like 2002. Yeah, well, yeah, in California, but also it's 2002 to 2003 versus Francis Ha being like, you know, 2010s. Um, Yeah, it's just so damn good. Like, I, it, one of the best films of the 2010s, in my opinion, um just yeah i i love every everything about it like it i it, it's easy to me i compared to this movie and it's probably not even a fair comparison but just based off of kind of what is happening in the film i compare this movie to boyhood um and i think this movie and i think boyhood is a fantastic film in its own right it but is. i think i think this movie takes everything in boyhood and a condenses it into a, a singular like school year into a year. Um, and also just, I, I think it kind of goes a little bit deeper on the themes in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it, it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I feel like if I would have seen this movie in, well, I, I, I think I watched it in 2018. I feel like if this movie came out when I was in high school, it would have changed my life. But, uh, Yeah. Uh, Lady Bird, absolutely mwah, masterpiece, phenomenal. Thank you, Greta. I'm gonna rewatch it because I just got back my Blu-ray copy from Pat. Yeah, <laughs> who didn't watch it? Nope. And they've had it what since 2018? 2018. Literally the year the year that we watched it together and yeah. then met I Pat and then let him borrow it and yeah, yeah, like uh. I need to rewatch it because we watched it in 2018 and like, I didn't hate it. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it uh, to where I gave it three and a half stars, which is not a bad score at all, but I think I would enjoy it more now than I did back then. Cause uh, same thing with the movie raw. Cause I think like I've evolved a little bit when it comes to taste. So I, I want to give those two movies a chance again. Cause we yeah. watched those two back to back. Yeah, Raw is also really, really good. I love Raw. All Raw. right, Cole. Let's. I mean, I know, I know what your yeah, number one is. I mean, you both know. But let's let's hear it. It's got to be Saw, right? <laughs> Saw <Yep>. three. <laughs> Actually, Saw three was pretty good, but it's not my number one. Number one is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Came out in twenty seventeen. What? Directed by Denny Villeneuve. He's on my list twice because he's the goat. He's the goat. Okay. He's great. He's awesome and he's cool. Uh, this movie is better than the first Blade Runner by fucking infinite, in my opinion. I fucking thought the original was all right. But this one, it takes it original and it has uh, Harrison Ford punch Ryan Gosling in the fucking face. So. Fuck you. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, great movie. I'm so glad we got to see it in theaters because we were like on the end half of yeah. the in theaters. It was me, Wenzel, and someone that shall not be named. And we just, <laughs> uh, like, I remember walking out of that theater thing like, oh, I had the same feeling after I finished Interstellar that I had here. It was a feeling of uh, like, this is a tastemaker. Uh, we're uh, changing brain parts. 
And uh, that's exactly what happened. Ryan Gosling is phenomenal in this phenomenal in this movie. Dave Batista is amazing in this movie, even though he's in it for like three minutes. <laughs> oh my god. Dave Batista's a great actor. I just watched a knock at the cabin recently. He's he's really good. He's uh, very good. Everything about this movie is made for my taste, specifically from the actor choices to the concepts. Uh, specifically the concept that like had me like, wow, that's pretty crazy. But a lot of people meme on is the sex with uh, joy moment where uh, Kay hires a, a sex worker to be basically sync up with, with his joy, with joy, which joy is his AI display girlfriend. Yes. Or wife played by Anya Taylor, not Anya Taylor, joy. God damn it. Uh, Anna DeArmas. Anna DeArmas. Beautiful actress. Beautiful man uh, with Ryan Gosling and uh, fuck. Who is the sex the worker? Sex she's worker also is. Yeah, she's um, she was in San Junipero and Black Mirror. Um, she's great. Hold on. Uh, God, I can never remember her name. Give me just a second, please. For the love of God. Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. She's got a very. No, she was face. she was literally in Terminator, the new Terminator. Yes. Um, yes. She's super tall. Oh, Mackenzie Davis. Yes. Yes, yeah. she's great. Fucking love that movie. Blade Runner 2049 is an all-timer classic. I've always thought, ever since I saw it in 2017, I'm thinking, it's going to be really fucking hard to find something that I enjoy more than this movie. And I've only seen it twice. But yeah, yeah that's I, my number one. I, I, still, I still think about it to this fucking day. Amen. And I, I don't blame you, because... Like movies that are like the best when you come when you watch it and you just feel like a fucking baby, just seeing something new for the first time. Whether whether it literally be the visuals or just the storytelling or performances, it's just it's just a, a unique experience and a special experience when you get when you get a movie like that. And um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is definitely one of those movies for me as well. Um, it was so weird too because like twenty seventeen, I hadn't even thought about fucking blade runner until we've been seeing we saw just all these reviews talking about how good it was and do we have do we see this on movie pass uh no we actually i think we went and actually paid for it. i remember the okay. day we went and ate at a little mexican restaurant with tanner and uh we invited tanner he's like uh and he did his own thing which he missed out because it was a fucking phenomenal experience. we did end up watching it together eventually just yes. i didn't see the yeah. theaters yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah. I guess we just saw a bunch of reviews. I remember. Um. And I, I was like, well, fuck. I guess we gotta go see it because we hear it's great. And um. I just remember watching the first movie. It's like, okay. I guess I'm ready. Uh. Go watch it. Come out completely just like holy fucking shit. Like it was. It was just so. I love that too. Like literally on kind of on a whim, kind of. Yeah. It um, really was. Like I remember watching the first Blade Runner in pre preparation and thinking this was not my cup of tea really uh even though i think blade runner one is visually a beautiful movie i just thought it was kind of boring and slow yeah a lot of people's complaining about 2049 which i do not I agree don't with. agree just because like 20 the first movie the soliloquy at the very end is the best moment out of the whole fucking movie the soliloquy. yes like that, yes that is so iconic but then with this film 2049 i mean literally from start to finish everything is just like oh he did not want to hear us talk about that fuck okay. i'm so sorry tanner but anyways we're gonna keep talking 
Uh, yeah. So I guess I guess I'll keep talking. Uh, Danner, Danner, are you here? Yeah, my connection is went funky for a second. We're good. Okay. 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 Um. Anyway. Um. God, where was my train of thought? Uh, everything, everything from start to finish is just like gorgeous, purposeful, just, just absolutely, just breathtaking. I, I that's, yeah. I, I, I obviously I agree with this number one pick. <laughs> and I'm still waiting on the the sequel. I I need more Blade Runner. I need more Ryan Gosling in Blade. I. I will say to this also cemented the fact like because I had never really paid attention to any Ryan Gosling films. Um, this was just like, oh, well, Ryan Gosling's a good actor and I need to watch more. <laughs> yeah, he's uh probably my favorite actor of all time. Uh, he's just super fucking phenomenal in all plays beyond the pines, place beyond the pines, drive, anything. Barbie. Barbie, Barbie, yes, <laughs> he's a fucking great actor, and uh, fuck, you should just see this movie. Just go see it. Yep, yeah. High, high recommendation from the Tan Man as well. All right, uh, my number one. Um, again, chronological. So, is this my true number one essential? No, probably not. Uh, that that changes on an hourly basis almost. Um, but my number one. I have uh, a little movie from 2019, Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. Uh, I think it is the greatest concert film of all time. I think it is a fantastic documentary with a level of access that we typically do not get um, with artists. And it just the insight of what it has also just banger after banger after banger after banger after banger is uh i mean it's two and a half hours of just pure adrenaline it's such a high energy performance um the band that she has which she got all from hbcus uh the dancers i mean uh the destiny's child reunion jay-z came on the stage her and solange did a song it, it is it is perfect. Like even I think, I mean, obviously if you're a fan of Beyonce, I think you're going to enjoy it a little bit more, but God, it's so good. That is a strange choice. Uh, Again, I, you have to remember it, it is not, it. it's chronological. It, so it's the newest movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's fair. Chronological. I, mean, I, I I've never seen it and I can't judge you on it. So I, um, like as far as concert films go, I mean, I think I think think as far as films go, it's one of my favorite movies of 2019 because it is part documentary as well. Um, we just get a level of insight and access into like the mind of like the world's most like forefront entertainers and like her process, and it's actually fucking insane of like the level of work and detail that she put into the show because it it's filmed over two Coachella weekends. She was originally supposed to do the show in 2017, but she uh, got pregnant. So she couldn't perform in 2017. So it also like follows her journey of like Beyonce thinking she's too big to perform. So her like go like dieting and trying to get back into like good shape. And it kind of like follows that as well as like 
the recruitment process for each individual band member. Like she chose every person as her backup singers, dancers, band members herself, like her, like she was on the committee for all of them. Um, and just like the flow of the show, like I've, I've never even been to like a live show where it's all high all the time. Like mostly you kind of want to do all your highs and then like dip down to something a little slower and then ramp back up. She never ramps back up. She's just constantly ramping. Um, it is, it's honestly a feat. And again, the fact that it's nearly two and a half hours long is insane to think about. I couldn't imagine being at this show live. I feel like it would have been a life changing experience. Wow. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, what's your favorite Beyonce song? Ooh, man. Um, Cole, I know you probably have an answer, so you can go to answer. Uh, yeah, that one. Man, like my singular favorite Beyonce song. Is the In the Box to the Left one? Is that Beyonce? Yeah, that's Beyonce. That's probably that um, one. I really like that one. Okay. I mean, I think I'm going to go with Drunken Love. Hmm. I th- I think it is truly. I don't, I don't listen to much Beyonce, so I couldn't tell you a timeless <laughs> classic. But yeah, okay, I probably okay. probably go Drunken Love. All right. Well, any final thoughts on your uh, movies? Colt, your your list really surprised me. Uh, besides your top two, but what was surprising? I I don't know. I guess I did. I didn't realize you were as high on some of those movies as. I, I thought you were like every single movie that I listed is five stars. Oh yeah. But you have a lot of five star movies. I mean, not really uh, looking through. Like I was like, damn, I don't have as many five stars as I thought I did. I did. Like, I didn't realize I like, I knew you loved the Northman. I didn't realize you were that high on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, sounds like you didn't listen to the podcast. I did actually. Oh, we um, did do an episode about the Northman. Uh, and then I'm I'm honestly surprised you have two Ava movies on there. I like I thought you would have picked one of them, but not no. Both. They're both fucking phenomenal movies. No, I completely agree. Like both were on my short list. Um, yeah. Anything yeah. about my list surprising? Uh, uh, everything. Uh, I was very surprised. <laughs> I, I'd never I, know your taste because you're a fucking wild card. You'll love something and then you'll hate something, and it's. Very strange. It's hard Hell to yeah. tell what you like. Well, you just wait till my albums, baby. Oh god damn. Okay. Uh yeah. Uh so quick reiteration, by the way. I'll I'll go through these really fast. Uh this is Tanner's top ten, starting from ten, going down to one. White Christmas, my neighbor Totoro, Jackass Two, Ratatouille, Iron Man, Francis Haw, Pain and Gain, Chef, Lady Bird, and number one, Homecoming by Beyonce. Uh, then Colts top 10, 10 to one ghost in the shell Two, innocence on Sondi, the Northmen, hereditary, come and see neon Genesis, Evangelion, the end of Evangelion, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. I'm not saying the full fucking name twice upon a time. I did it. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Mad Max Fury road interstellar and number one blade runner 2049. Yes, sir. Yeah. I think Those both great lists. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say you guys have bad lists. I mean, these are great lists. These are all movies I either need to see or I love. So, yeah. Hell yeah! All right. I think we should wanna... take a break real quick. Yeah, yeah. let's take a break.
All right, and uh, we'll be right back with our albums. Bolt tried to do a little bit before getting back on here, and it didn't work, little fucker. What are you talking about? Sure. No one will believe you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking crazy ass thing. (laughs) No one will believe you. Uh, okay, that kind of okay. caught me off guard. Uh, um, oh no! What? I just got the status news. What? Je- no! Jeez. Jesus, Colt just saw it too. <laughs> what? James, the Doge meme dog, has sadly passed away. No! No! <laughs> no, Colt, your reaction. Jeez, I'm not <laughs> laughing at the news. I'm just. <laughs> no, I was. I like, thought it was like a world event. Like, <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. I got a X correction. Cheems is not the same Shiba Inu from the Dog meme. Uh, his name was Ball Ball, while the real one, Kabosu, is still alive and subsequent subsequently depicted on the Dog coin. Oh, so <laughs> it's just some random dog. No, Cheems is a it is a Dog meme. It's just a different one. It's the one that's like slumped and he's sitting and he looks all sad. How did yeah. you get that at the same time? Uh, Cody sent in the chat. Oh, yeah. I, was like, I was like, what fucking world do y'all have? What app do y'all have where you just get notified about <laughs> dog death? Jesus. Yeah, no, Colt reacted like, I was like, oh shit. Like, is this like a... <laughs> Like a world event? Do we need to stop? I don't know. This is kind of this is kind of a world event. Uh, we might we might have to stop the podcast. Oh my god, <laughs> that, that was like the most emotion I've heard out of Colt in years. I'm emailing <laughs> I'm emailing some grief counselors right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, obviously, I was going um, for uh, Woody, and the uh, Toy Story was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't come across in that. It came across as if you just read that, like... The worst news. California ever- is gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, wait, A fucking you- Goku blew up half of Australia. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, next, next part is music albums. Um... <laughs> So I had these little fuckers pick their top ten music uh, albums, albums that they they consider um, essential to them. Um, they'll you know they'll do the same thing from the last one, but they can talk about their favorite songs or again what uh, how they came across them, this artist or this album, what they love about it. You know the usual. Um, uh, now I did receive some complaints beforehand about doing this um so just an fyi <laughs> two of the people here are just a bunch of little pussies it wasn't a complaint about this one because this one was uh fun it's the other one you say that but i kept i kept getting text little messages that said oh my goodness i only listen to single songs from certain artists but because and they're not from the same album bah, 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 bah. i was That's talking you. about the end of the year this That's you That's this you. choice is easier because it's from but all no, but no you were saying that beforehand bah, 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 bah. i think i think this one was harder <laughs> for me than movies because I have literally have never given thought about, oh, well, if I could only listen to 10 albums for the rest of my life, what would those 10 albums be? Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, I mean, it was just, I was just, I'm just curious. I want to know what, what, what are your guys' essential albums? You yeah, know, what makes you? Because I, I can't, I honestly couldn't guess. <laughs> like, that's like for the movie ones, I, I could guess pretty well. But for this, I have no idea. 
Yeah, I like I've known I I think I said it in the chat. I've known Colt literally since Colt was five years old. I could not even begin to tell you one album that will be on his list, much less ten. I man, I I maybe I could say one. I don't even know if that's right. Yeah. Um as for Tanner, I could probably say one as well. I could Yeah, I think I know one of at least <laughs> yeah, you, I, I, you I probably know, know one of them. I think I at least know one, but other probably than that, two. I don't know. I don't know. All right, cool. Um, you want to get us into it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine are in the from least favorite that I fucking hate to I love it at number one. Just <laughs> kidding. I it's just my least favorite of the like we said last time. I love these all of these. Uh, number ten is a an album that I didn't get into until uh, like a year or two ago, and that is Kid A Amnesia by Radiohead. Uh, came out in two thousand. This album is really, really good for to me uh, because it's very experimental and it has one of my favorite Radiohead songs on it of all time. Uh, let me find it real quick. I have it saved and it's fucking everything in its right place. That is my favorite Radiohead song of all time. It's a classic, beautiful song that I cannot get enough of. I just played a tidbit for myself and I was like, "Ooh, it's so fucking good. Uh, th this album had a game, not a game. It's like a experience. Ooh, they yeah. released back in 2021, I want to say, uh, where they did a collab with uh, Epic Games, the creators of Fortnite, and they did a song that they added okay, well, a song to Fortnite. They didn't they, just create Fortnite. I I I know. No, but like, I, I know. No. I'm joking. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. And uh, the. They took this album and they created an experience where you are a first person walking around this environment, experiencing everything. Uh, it's it's a album experience. It's really fucking good. I think it's, it should still be on PlayStation. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's on PlayStation 4, but it's on PS5. That's where I played it. Uh, hold on. Uh, completely dropped. Uh, pause? Uh-oh. Do I just should I should I pause it? How do I what pause dropped? It? I don't know. He just Tanner just said I could fucking completely add dropped. I guess he did drop out. Or his his connection. Like he can't hear us right now. Yeah, there yeah, we go. He, he just completely dropped. But that's fine because uh, we're here still. OK, we're, yeah. We're Sorry about that. Um, Well, uh, hold on, because Tanner probably did not hear anything you said. <laughs> I think he should hear this. Um. I mean, hell yeah, though. Radiohead. Uh, goddamn. <laughs> Tanner? Tanner? What? I've been here the whole time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tanner was playing a game. He's been a silly Billy. You haven't, you haven't said anything. <laughs> You've been sending some very vague messages about how you're feeling kind of weird. <laughs> he said that the, <laughs> okay. the dollar store Chili's chicken was fucking him up. Yeah. And then you Dude, just could you imagine if I got food poisoning two days in a row? I think it'd be pretty funny. God. Uh, anyways, uh, Radiohead, <laughs> uh, Kid, a Kid A Amnesia, Kid A Amnesia is uh, there is a game. I looked it up while Tanner was jerking his little feet off. Uh, it's called Kid A Amnesia Exhibition. It released in 2021. That was my first experience with this album. And uh, ever since, I've just been absolutely in love. I highly recommend uh, Kid A Amnesia, Amnesia because the uh, 
uh, I'm talking about the experience, the exhibition, because it's very artistic, very beautiful, very striking. Uh, I, you should have a headset on or a good earphones, earbuds, whatever, to like fully experience it and immerse yourself. Turn off all the lights and experience that shit. It's it's a very good experience. Light some candles, get some lube. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know it. There's like uh, I, I don't do any kind of drugs because there are some demon monsters in it and it will fucking scare you. <laughs> no, no, that's called secret way of saying definitely drop some LSD. Yeah, do some what LSD if, and uh, just the big monster demons are real. So have fun. What if what if we go and watch it and none of that's in there? So it's like very clear that Colt was high. Colt did drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, That'd be a hell, great bet. Hell yeah, though. Uh, would you say that you're a radio head? <laughs> I'm head. a creep. I'm a weirdo. What the heck doing here? I don't belong here. Wow. Okay. You can't sing that. <laughs> it didn't sound exactly the same. It didn't sound exactly the same. Unless it did. I know I'm a great singer. <laughs> Let's calm down. Uh, Creep is awesome. Uh, Radiohead is awesome. You know, it was so funny because for the longest time, I just didn't listen to Radiohead. Um, because honestly, it was just one of those bands that you hear about so much. And you kind of like, you know, grow like you being like kind of a teenager, you you just want to rebel against what everybody like listens to, even though I guess at the time Radiohead would have been more niche than anything. Um, and now it's like, holy shit, like Radiohead is my shit. So, yep, great, hell. great first choice. Yeah, I love you, Radiohead. All right. Uh, so as I mentioned in the in the movie part that uh. This out this list is also chronological. We're going to be starting with the oldest, going to the newest. Uh, uh, so. Do a double feature. Yeah, do a double feature. I don't know. That could be interesting, um, especially with my number 10 pick. Uh, so I went uh, a little bit older. Cole, I don't know what the oldest thing on your out on your list is. I would probably venture to say I have some older stuff than you do. Uh, yeah, because uh, I did not leave the 2000s. No, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, so I definitely have older stuff than you. Uh, my first album is from 1972. Okay. Uh, I, I expected some applause or something. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this generation won their trophy. Shit. Oh, I like this old thing, so give me applause. No. Uh, damn. Tear his ass up, Cole. Damn. Tear his ass damn. Up. Spank me. Yeah, spanking. Um, no, after my my battle with Applebee's last night, you don't want anywhere near my ass. Um, okay, <laughs> still like covered in shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So 1972's "Can't Buy a Thrill" by a little American rock band known as Steely Dan. Um. Yeah, I I don't know how. Because I, I, I mean, I know we talked about it with like our music taste. Like, I like we kind of know each other's general music taste, but as far as specific albums and stuff goes, y'all probably don't know mostly what we listen to. Because usually when we're in a car together, we typically don't listen to music; we just talk. I know, weird. Um, but yeah, this is uh Steely Dan's debut album. Uh, I think the first of all, I think Steely Dan is one of the best bands in American history. 
period right there. Wow, big um, claim by Tanner. Yeah, big claim. But uh the first two fucking songs on the album, song on um, side one, song number one, do it again, uh, which is all timer level banger. Um from I'm sure y'all have both have heard it, even if you didn't know what the song was. I I in fact I would bet that y'all both have heard it. Um is great. And then arguably one of the best songs of all time coming in number two we have dirty work uh by steely dan you know i'm a fool to do your dirty, dirty work, work. Yo, oh yeah oh fuck yeah, yeah but, stop uh, singing everybody ah, it's, it's fine it's, we're talking about music i can't help it's it fine. i mean i know i'm so on key but as long as i don't <laughs> sing the whole song we're good um they're probably like oh my god steely dan's back um but yeah like an insane one-two punch, and especially given that this is on their debut album, is crazy. Um, I just think, especially do it again to me. Like nothing says, let's get in the car and let's drive to fucking Bucky's. <laughs> it's ten o'clock. It's a summer night. We're gonna roll down the windows, and we're gonna do it again. And we spend forty dollars at Bucky's. Sounds very specific. To you. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's probably a very Tanner problem. But hey, I mean, I don't really know much about Steely Dan, but I do like that Dirty Work song. Yeah, Colt, you you would probably dig this whole album. Um, the whole album is great, obviously, but th- those two songs is I really wanted to give a highlight to because that's just a bang bang. It's like imagine like going into a boxing match and you get hit with your two hardest punches first. Like imagine. Oh, so I don't want that. Yeah, exactly. Well, you want it here. Like okay. I said, can't buy a thrill. Steely Dan, 1972. And I know I'm not saying like people that listen to Steely, like, you know, this isn't some undercover band or anything. But yeah, hi- highly, highly, highly recommend. That's that's crazy because I've never listened to Steely Dan. So I would have never known. Man, I would have you... never known that you liked them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's wow. Okay. I'll check. I'll definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. You ready for my number nine? Always, baby girl. My number nine is made by the famous Imagine Dragons. Just kidding. I hate Imagine Dragons. Cole, I was so scared. I I was actually like, what's about to happen? (laughs) God, that was terrifying. No, 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 no. Uh, My number nine really... is Get to Heaven by Everything Everything came out in 2015. Every single song on this album I fucking love. I'm I didn't find this album until probably like 20 I want to say 16, 17. It, it took a little bit for me to actually find them, but once I did, I love almost everything that they've released since I found Would them. Would you say you like everything of everything everything? Yes. Whoa. They're wow. really fucking good. I'm a big fan of everything, everything. I, I honestly don't have much to say uh, about it other than I just really like this one. Uh, do you have a do you have like a favorite song, favorite songs on there? Oh, fuck. Yes, I do. Give me a second. Oh, my gosh. Everything, 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 everything. Distant Pass. Yeah. Tell me. Yes. Yes. Distant Pass. Yeah. <laughs> Distant Pass. Uh... Distant Pass is a great one. Uh, specifics, um, spring, sun, winter, dread, blast doors. They're all just great, great songs. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I, I agree with Colt there. Um, because for, um, I didn't hear about everything, everything until Colt literally heard them. He, he pointed me to this. Um, well, he pointed me to distant past particularly. Um, but I remember him talking about this album in general. Um, I, I will say too, like me personally, when it comes to them, I actually really like their Reanimator album from 2020. Yes, uh, that's a really good album too. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I could have probably made a guess about that because I I remember you. Ah, God, I just remember you talking about them so much. Yeah, I was listening to them a lot during the time frame that uh, Call of Duty World War II came out. Uh, it was like one of my main. Uh, music people that I would listen to while playing. Yeah, every time I go, because sometimes I'll occasionally, because Colt has a gigantic, I mean, both y'all do, but Colt has a huge Spotify, like his liked playlist. Um, and I'll occasionally, like, just if I'm looking for something new, because he has so much on there, I'll be like, I'll check it out. And yeah, with a, a, a good choice, Colt. Yeah. Of course. All right. By number nine, uh, we're going just a year forward, 1973. Oh, uh, on yours. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, Cole, I'm reading your list. I don't have your list. I thought you were going to 2015 to 2016. No. Because that's where uh, we were just at. Yeah. Sorry. But uh, yeah, my list. Um, 1973's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Sir Elton John himself. Um. I mean, this thing is jam loaded. Double LP, fucking seventeen songs. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. There is a thirtieth anniversary deluxe edition that has some like remixes on it, but that, that's whatever. Um, the main, I mean, just listen to some of the bangers that, that's on this. You got "Candle in the Wind." You got "Benny and the Jets." You got "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road." You got "Sweet Painted Lady." You got Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. I mean, just all that on one album? Are you kidding me? Uh, it is insane. Benny and the Jets, one of the best songs of all time. Uh, that, to me, the highlight of this album. But th this is nothing but banger, 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 banger. Um, for, you know, varying reasons. It's such a genre-bending album to begin with. Because, like, Candle in the Wind, Benny and the Jets, not even in the same ball field of same sort of thing um yeah i mean it's just a fantastic album again i'm not saying anything new here but like i'm a huge elton head and this this album is great the fact that he was able to consistently make fantastic stuff for as long as he did kind of blows my mind yeah um, he's a fucking all-timer yeah like literally all-timer like icon in every sense of the word and like this album to me is his pinnacle not pinnacle per se, but it, it is his true, true masterpiece. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. I've been listening to a lot of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road this year in particular because of the Guardians 3 yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I oh, so no, that was in the Quantumania. Yeah, oh, so, Quantumania. sorry, Quantumania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> From the Quantumania trailer. Um, so I've, I've been, I've been listening to that song a lot and i've already really liked the album but i've been listening to the album more this year um and like front to back it is bangers all around so good hell yeah dude uh Fricky. i'm not i'm not like uh this doesn't mean i don't like elton john it's just that i haven't listened 
to like a lot of Elton John. I probably should, you know, change that by doing a deeper dive into his discography. Um, but no, the same reason, like when the Quantumania trailer came out with uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick, Brick Road, I've been listening to it like nonstop since um, since then. Like, it's so good. Um, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I love Elton John. I'm not I it's the same situation I have a lot with a lot of artists. It's not necessarily I don't like his albums. It's just I know there's a bunch of singles from a bunch of different albums of his that I really like. So I don't really know albums from him. I just know specific songs. Yeah, and that's fair. That's kind of especially like I mean, even people our age are kind of where they're at on Elton. Yeah, Crocodile Rock uh, f- always remains uh, one of my favorite Elton John songs, easily. I know good it's song. not on that, but it's a great one. Yeah, good song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Right, Moving on to number eight. Number eight. Let's go. Number eight. Another one for me is Simp Eternal from Bring Me the Horizon. It came out in 2013. This shit right here is heat. Heat and fire and brimstone. Holy shit. I love it. This is one of, uh, in my opinion, Premium Horizon's best album. You know what? It is their best album. I shouldn't say one of. It is their best album. I fucking love it. From uh, Can You Feel My Heart, which is the classic uh, Giga Chad meme uh, with like the buff dude and he looks like a Giga Chad. That's the whole thing. They got House of Wolves, Sleepwalking, Shadow Moses, Deathbeds, Go to Hell for seven, Heaven's Sake. It's all great. That's a song, by the way. It's just a fucking <laughs> phenomenal album through and through. I fucking love it. I love almost all of Bring Me Horizon's work. Not a fan of their poppy stuff. Their recent poppy stuff is not great. But uh, that being said, I do love their horror album they released a few years ago. That shit is nothing but bangers as well. I actually was really hard trying to choose between that and this. But I ended up with Sympaternal because Sympaternal was just fucking phenomenal. And plus, I have a song... Uh, called Shadow Moses, which is fucking, I, I think it's related to the Metal Gear games because there's a fucking Shadow Moses Islands, so maybe it's related. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it could be, but I mean, you wouldn't be far off because uh, so that one album Colt's talking about is um, um, from a few years ago is Post Human Survival Horror it's from 2020 during the pandemic, um, which that was actually my that was actually my first foray into Bring Me the Horizon. Um, I just don't, I just don't listen to them much. Um, but, uh, I mean, that whole album is like mostly just about video games or references to video games. Yeah. And, um, it makes sense for, um, Ollie Skies. Yeah. Uh, for Ollie Sykes, uh, I think. Uh, I know his name's Ollie. Sykes. My bad. Sykes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that wouldn't be too far off if, that, if that's what it's based off of, because I mean, hell, he has literally a song on this album called Ludens, which is a reference to Death, uh, Death Stranding and um, just Kojima's production. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he did hire him to make that song. Uh, he did hire him, and he visited Kojima Productions. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it wouldn't be too far off, you know? So, uh, hell yeah. Uh, I need to listen to more Bring Me the Horizon, so that'll definitely be on my radar. I Now, we should say I am... Um, Everybody here who is whatever album people say that I haven't heard, I I am putting or writing them down so that I can listen to them myself, so I can know more what you guys uh, are feeling and talking about. Um, because I don't Hell know, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what you guys are gonna say. 
I highly oh, yeah. recommend watching the music video for Sleepwalking because it is fucking disorienting as hell, but it's really awesome. It's like uh, a camera, but it's really fucking cool. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, and then bring in this album was definitely a surprise. So. Amen. All right. Here we go. Uh, so w- when I say what, what's been our favorite decade, we've been alive. What would y'all say? Uh, 2010s, 1980s, exactly. Uh, um, <laughs> so uh, this is a little album. 1980s. Uh, there we go, Winslow. Yeah, you're 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 there. A uh, little unknown album came out in 1984. Uh, called Purple Rain, by oh yeah, the icon known as Prince. I mean, God, what can I say? I mean, first of all, the movie, which we're not even going to talk about here, but the movie is incredible in its own way, especially if you're like watching it and having a good time with your friends phenomenal but the album itself is absolutely bonker riffic so the original album um is nine songs not very long at all um but i i really want to i mean side one has let's go crazy and darling nikki which are both mm-hmm. fantastic songs in their own right but side two has four songs when doves cry I would die for you. Baby, I'm a star and purple rain. Tell me an album in the last 40 fucking years that it has bang, 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 bang. Four punches like that. I mean, that that's in the same run. And this is like the true purple rain experience is the almost nine minute version. Um, as you know, there's a tons of, ver- he never played the song the same twice. It feels like, um, so there's a million versions of purple rain, but this version is absolutely fucking incredible it at rips i would die for you is so fucking good when doves cry again is a classic baby i'm a star again classic i mean the whole album is just like a quintessential like you have to listen to it in your lifetime like i feel like i like i can't imagine a world where you go princeless like it doesn't even feel logical to me but this whole album front to back is incredible and again like with the movie and the way the movie is like it also like helps a little bit with the album but the album is fucking phenomenal and the live versions of like all these songs like whip ass yeah that hell yeah yeah i could have made a uh i I completely forgot how much i love prince so this is actually this actually would have been my second guess for what would have been on your list tanner yeah this was i I, I think my first guess is coming up in here in a couple so oh yeah Uh, i know one of them is like such a gimme i'm like yeah that's tanner's putting that on there yeah 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 okay all right uh hell yeah uh really enjoy prince uh honestly i didn't really get into prince until you tanner should mention that uh wow <laughs> yeah because once once you started talking about prince i uh and then around the time i think prince died i was like okay i i gotta check out purple rain and i did and wow great hell yeah hell i also yeah. want to correct myself it's not sleepwalking it's shadow moses oh uh, it, okay. it, oh it's straight up okay shadow, shadow moses. moses is the it's one of my favorite music videos because it's super unique and just really cool also, I would like to mention too, Kid uh, Amnesia has like 34 songs on it. But Holy yeah. fuck! It's a <laughs> fucking experience. I don't know if we ever said that. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, com- Ra- it's a yeah, it's a combination of like two albums and then 
uh, a third. Yeah, yeah. well, P- Purple Rain is nine songs. Yeah, Too I, I will long. say that movie was fucking horny as hell and funny. It was a funny oh, movie. Yeah, so One of the funny. horniest movies of the 80s, which <laughs> is an insane statement already, but yeah. Yeah. Remember that time he pushed that woman into the water and he's like, take your clothes off, and he pushes her in the water and he just <laughs> fucking rips ass away? Oh my yeah, god. Just gets gonna... on his motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> god, that movie's so good. It's so funny. Um, Just a, so crazy. <laughs> Prince, you wow. He was a quirky little guy. <laughs> Quirked up. Yeah. All right. You ready for seven? Yeah. yeah let's go. Seven. Seven heaven. The dad and that was a pedophile. All right. Next up is New Flesh by Priest. Came out in How the fuck are we supposed to move from that? What do you what? You he was. Do? He was. <laughs> I know. It's just goddamn. Sorry. Uh, new, new Flesh by Priest uh, came out in 2017. I fucking love this album. Wenzel knows I love it because he loves it too, I assume, because we listened to it a lot when it came out. Yeah. And it's such a fucking good album from History in the Black to The Cross to The Pit to Vaudeville to Virus. Oh, my God. It's such a great album. I, I want to sing some of it, but I can't. Give us, good. give us five seconds. To be fair, they're kind of a small artist, so... Yeah, they're small artists. I believe they're ex-members of Ghost, I feel like. There's, like... I, I don't know if it's been proven or just... Bonk or, or it's just a rumor. It, it's kind of, like, floating... or It's been floating around that they're, like, ex-members of Ghost, yeah. Yeah, it's really fucking really good, and I don't... Five seconds, Terrence. <laughs> you don't, you're not worth it. <laughs> oh! Wow. Just kidding. Uh yeah no uh because <gasps> this is this is 2017 the podcast had just started we were doing our first award show where we had songs on it and two or one of the songs on there was or two of the songs actually might have been vaudeville and history in black uh on there those were Colts recommendations uh when I heard those I was like what the fuck like literally like when you hear just like how you watch a movie for the first time and you're like a baby. It was like, for me, for this, it was like, I felt like a baby. Like I was, I was hearing something new and fresh or like to my little brain. And that just completely captivated me. Um, I mean, like I even bought a vinyl record of it because I, I loved the album so much. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the albums that I can listen to like front to back without like really skipping anything. Oh yeah. Um, I'm the same way. It's it's fantastic. It's a it's a great like thirty six minutes of like goth synth basically. Yeah, it's fucking really good. Really oh, good. Yeah. Well, I will say genre wise, mine is nowhere close. Oh shit! The year is nineteen ninety one, and you just took a nice hot shower. You just had a fresh shave. Put on, you know, a button-up shirt, tuck it into some jeans, put on a huge belt buckle, throw on a hat, and all of a sudden you sound, you feel like a brand new man. And that brings me to the album Brand New Man by Brooks and Dunn. Oh, God. Uh, Brooks and Dunn's debut studio album. Uh, I just... it It is country, but it's very much country pop. 
uh brooks and dunn if i mean this album i will say this problem first of all it has songs on it such as brand new man obviously lost and found my next broken heart uh also has uh a classic and boot scootin boogie which i reference almost daily um but this song to me has maybe one of the five best songs of all time on it. What the fuck? And that is Neon Moon. Oh, I think, God. I think Neon Moon is truly, truly a masterpiece. I don't even think you have to like country music to at least like Neon Moon. And I, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest country fan. Um, but this album is incredible. 32 minutes. Uh, 10 songs like not a ton of your time but neon moon they did a version a couple years ago for their album uh reboot where they did like new versions of their songs they did a completely different genre version of it with casey musgraves that is also incredible in its own way um but the original is a little more upbeat um but still like listening to the lyrics it is like this heartbreaking devastating song which again with some of the bigger songs on this album such as brand new man and boot scoot and boogie it just is a totally different vibe but yeah i i adore this album and and like i really didn't start getting into older country and until riley and i got together because like she is into like older country music as well um so like th- when I like hear any of these songs, I think to like the beginning of our relationship. So it also kind of has like that nostalgia feeling for me. Um, but yeah, ne- Neon Moon is a absolute, all, like literally maybe one of the five, one of my five favorite songs ever. Wow. Yeah. Um, every time you say Neon Moon, I always think you're gonna say Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> yeah, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Brand New Man, Brooks and Dunn, One Point Plus Three Point Thrice Upon a Time, Bootskutten Boogie Edition. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, or I know I don't I don't know what to say because uh, I know y'all, y'all don't listen to country music. We at don't all. Li- we don't we don't listen to country. You say at all? I would say not as much. Um, because there's some there's there was a development earlier this year. Uh, for me in terms of country. Um, I'll just say that. Um, so I, I, uh, yeah, we have, we've all three of us have grown up in the South. So like, that was just, it's so funny. Cause like, that is something that's just not hit us. Like it has most of the people down here. Um, and, uh, I, uh, say I'm surprised too. Uh, like, like, you know, and nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. If you like it, you like it. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I I knew Tanner would have some probably something country on it. I I I don't like these songs. I'm not a big fan of any of it. But you know what? You love it. Cool. Ima- I imagine this. Picture yourself this. Out in the country, past the city limit sign, there's a honky tonk near the county line. You're not selling shit. The joint starts juking. And it's hotter than the 4th of July. Have you you listened to any Brooks and Dunn, Colt? Yes. I've lived in Brookwood. Or what? (laughs) I've lived here all my life. Yes. 
<laughs> so could you Cole, name what's your address? <laughs> so could you name the songs off the top of your head? Uh, fucking boot Colt has heard boot. I guarantee you, every sock hop Colt had in elementary school, they played fucking boot scoot and boogie. A hundred percent, yes. Probably. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'll definitely give it a listen to see. Oh, what you're going on about Tanner? Um, I, I, if if you're going into this and you're not huge on country, ju- just listen to Neon Moon. Like honestly, like I don't think any of the other songs are going to sell you. Maybe Brand New Man. Brand New Man is really good. It is a lot more upbeat. It's really a pop song just behind the the sultry tones of one Brooks and Dunn. Um. But yeah, Neon Moon, I think, is the song that can kind of like break that barrier for you and be like, oh, you know, I'm not like a huge fan of the genre per se, but like this is objectively like a, a great song. Okay. I mean, also the uh, Casey Musgraves version is because it's Brooks and Dunn and Casey Musgraves. Well, now you, you've shared that one before. Yeah, I've heard that one. It's good. Uh, also, seeing Brooks and Dunn live is incredible. If you, they're still a phenomenal live act over 30 years later. So if you have the chance to see them while they're still, still touring, you need to do so. Uh, my dream is to go see, uh, cause Reba did a show with them. Reba McIntyre and Brooks and Dunn had like a little Vegas residency a couple years ago. And I'm really hope, hoping they get another one. And I would love to fly out to Vegas to see both of them together live doing that. Okay. Well, uh, more power to you. <laughs> I hope, I hope that uh, yeah. I mean, you got outlaws, in-laws, crooks, and straights. Okay. Uh, he's just saying stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right. Next, number six. This is a an album that uh, I've talked about on the show before. It is details by Fru Fru. Came out in two thousand and two. Uh, it's a small band uh, made up of Immigrant Heap and uh, Guy Sigsworth. I've went to in-depth on our album, one of our albums. I can't remember exactly. It was probably the first one, I want to say. But I fucking love this album. Immigrant Heap has a beautiful voice. She's insanely, she's super artistic, insanely talented. Just all around like a super interesting person. Uh, but this album is fucking peak early 2000s. When you think early 2000s, you think, uh, when you hear this, you'll think, yeah, that's early 2000s as fuck. It is very much so from its time, but it's really fucking good. I love every single song on it, like I said in the episode. Uh, but to give sp- uh, specifics of ones I like, Let Go is great. Psycho Babble's great. Hear Me Out's great. There's just, too many great songs on it for me to say. Like, if, if you don't know who Immigrant Heap is, you'll know her from the What You Say. Hey. Yeah, that hey. song. Hey, man. She made the original for that song, and that song is great. And like, we, uh, fuck. It's just a great, she's great. I love Fru Fru. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, yeah. We, listen, we listened to that, and that was my first, that was my first introduction to Imogen, Imogen, something like that. I, I keep, keep want to see emotion, Imogen, Imogen heap. Um, I always read but, it in my head as an emotion, and I know that's not correct. No, that is. Not. I think I think it is Imogen heap, and um, 
yeah, no, we uh, Cole had us listen to this for through uh, me, Jojo and Pat. And uh, yeah, it was it was really good. It was phenomenal. Um, very fun, very fun album. Uh, 2000 sounds all the way. Um, and she's just a good she's, she's just a great artist. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. All right. I'm also kind of in the early 2000s here with my next pick. About time. Um, this is probably, I would say, the album y'all could probably both guess. Um, it's from 2005, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out by yep. One Panic at the Disco. Yup. Um, Fuck. Okay, wait a minute. Maybe I could have guessed four albums. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this is their their first albums is like Ryan Ross like is before Brandon completely ruined the direction of the of the whole band but um yeah the i mean god so it i guess for a little bit of context because I, I also have a huge nostalgia feeling for this so my sister is 9 years older than me so when this album came out in 05 i was 9 almost 10 but she was 18 almost 19 so she's she was like out you know just graduated high school um and i remember like because in our house on saturday mornings she would typically throw up um like the mtv like music video countdown whatever and i remember seeing the music video for i write since not tragedies and being like they can say gd in songs this is (laughs) nine-year-old you know tanner thinking i'm like oh my god this has flipped my life upside down and when she would drive me to school, uh, we would listen to this album. So I have like this huge nostalgia feeling for this album anyways. But this album is full of nothing but bangers. Again, this is 2005. So some of these al- names for the songs are a little long, such as there's a good reason these tables are numbered, honey. You just haven't thought of it yet. Or line <laughs> is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off. Or the only difference between martyrdom and suicide is press coverage. So they are quite long. <laughs> um <laughs> Some of them, but then also you have I write since not tragedies, uh, but it's better than you do, Camasado or Time to Dance. I mean, the whole album to me is phenomenal, front to back. It's forty minutes. Uh, you know, I always say, build God, then we'll talk. Um, which is the final, <laughs> the final song on the album. Um, but yeah, it's super. It's a lot of fun, high energy. Some great songs that I still like on a daily basis like a song from this album will pop into my head or i start whistling or, or something um yeah it's it's a phenomenal album i could i couldn't imagine like my music taste in general without this album so, yeah when i think tanner yeah. I, think I think this album yeah, yeah same um god we would always uh almost every time or always i write songs on tragedies would be on the playlist or playing um i mean i i haven't listened to the full album i've just listened to that song but uh listen to the I full mean, album because that that song's probably not even top three on that album i definitely need to because i, I never realized that. i've listened to the later stuff fully like um too weird to live too young to die death of a bachelor and uh the one Vice, um vices and virtues almost made it on this list i will say it's not on this list their 2011 album it's not on this list, but almost made this list. And I've listened to Pray for the Wicked fully. Um, yeah. Uh, um, God. 
Uh, but that's yeah, not even uh, like the same era. Like, like Death of a Bachelor on is solely like Brendan's solo project. Ryan hasn't been involved in over a decade with Panic. Um, so Panic at the Disco now is solely Brendan Urie. Um, I don't even. Is he? It, can he even? Or is he going to do stuff anymore? Especially after the when it happened. I have. Uh, I don't ask me. I don't know. I haven't talked to him. I don't oh, know. Oh. <laughs> I haven't talked to him. Um, but yeah, like I know there was like the falling out between the rest of the band and Ryan uh, after um, like uh, Pretty Odd came out, which a ton of people have a ton of different feelings about Pretty Odd. I'm I like Pretty Odd. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and then like, you know, Panic went on uh, like a hiatus after Vices and Virtues and kind of came back in like 2014 ish. So they went on a few years and now it's like kind of like a tame impala situation where panic of the disco is just a guy now <laughs> yeah. yeah um I, I do enjoy how though like it wasn't just panic i think it was like also fallout boy and others uh that early like 2000s kind of yes. alternative kind of punk scene where all their titles their songs were fucking long yeah were, like, and you yeah and they were all like part of like the fueled by ramen uh like label and you have you had like fallout boy and cobra starship and panic at the disco and they all like always had like a lot of in jokes with each other like yeah. uh when fallout boy actually came back from their hiatus is when panic came back from their hiatus they actually did a really fun series of videos where fallout boy announced their tour and panic was touring alongside them and also a very early into the career 21 pilots was touring with them as well and i actually got to go see one of those shows and to this day still one of like my favorite concerts i've ever been to um but yeah like that whole like and i would i wouldn't even like have been aware of all that stuff happening without my sister she definitely like between the ages like 10 and 13 really shaped my musical taste um quite a bit i will say um but yeah that that album in particular i think is phenomenal front to back and, right. and it, it's also crazy to think they're like 18 recording that album i think brennan yuri had like and ryan i think had like just graduated high school jesus christ <laughs> yeah. when i see like and i imagine them from the music videos in my head i see like people older than me now yeah <laughs> yeah no they're like i like i know for like brendan i know was like i said probably seven maybe 17 or 18 god I, I, i'm trying to look it up i should i should have wrote this in my notes yeah so ryan was 19 when this album came out who sings the the vocals for most of these songs and brendan yeah brendan was 18 god and, and then spencer who's like the band member you never really hear about he was he was also 18 so yeah you i mean literal teenagers man that's a good choice. I fucking love that album. It's good. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. Good. So right here it says, on January 24th, 2023, Yuri announced that he would be discontinuing Panic at the Disco in order to put focus on his family and friends following the announcement that he and his wife would be uh, having a child soon. But then there's also, like, controversial stuff. Yeah, yeah there's been the a reason. lot of stuff, like, with him to, like, just kind of being a creep. Yeah, so. But, um, yeah, no, good. Uh Good music. <laughs> yeah, yeah disco that... used to be fucking phenomenal. Okay, it used yeah. to be good. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You ready to move on? 
I'm always ready. Okay. Awkward silence. I mean, (laughs) shit. I thought you were directing us, Wenzel. Shit. Damn. Bro. Fuck. Anyways, number five for me is an an album. Uh, Like, when I think of high school, this is what I think of. This is uh, an album that I listened to with Wenzel uh, constantly. It was my senior year album. It's pretty much a. Humans by Gorillas. This is my favorite Gorillas album. 2017, the year we graduated. Yep. Fucking love this album. I'll give you some favorites from it. it. Got Ascension featuring Vince Staples. We got Moments featuring De La Soul. You got Cha Charge featuring Grace Jones. You got She's My Caller featuring Kali Uchis. And many, many more. We got The Power. That's another great one. It's just a fucking phenomenal album that I absolutely love. And I'm kind of sad that I associate it with high school because there's uh, like time, there's songs on this album that I, that I just can't really listen to that much anymore because I get reminded of high school and how much I fucking hated uh, my school career. Uh, just, I hated school. I'd never liked school. Uh, it's just been a stressful uh, reality for me. But this yeah. album though is really fucking good. I fucking love humans with all my heart. I love gorillas. Gorillas is probably my favorite band of all time. Uh, just a fucking phenomenal return after uh, what six, seven, no, six years after fucking Plastic no Beach. seven years. Plastic Beach came out in 2010. It was seven years since Plastic Beach. So they they were gone for a while. So I'm Glad they returned with such a great album. Hell yeah. 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 I I would say too, like uh, this actually album came out after we graduated. uh, I think, right? No, we we were still in. Yeah. Well, remember they were releasing singles. Yeah, there was, I know. I remember. So this, this album released April 28th. So yeah, Yeah, we were 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 still in for like, there's like two weeks left, I think, two weeks. of high school. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they released a ton of singles. And uh, this is like one of the first things we talked about on the podcast. Yep. I believe. Yeah. Because um, I I feel like you mentioned this album. I feel like this album really defines like our friendship that year in 2017. I feel like every time we got in a car, we listened to at least a song, if not just turned on this album. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal song. You're now tuned uh, album. You're now tuned into the Tomb of Jehovah. Every time I hear that, I get fucking hype as shit. That song is great. Yep. Ascension. It's a great song. Great Super song. fucking good. Yeah, no. Uh goddamn. Killer, just a killer album in general. And like it's uh especially with the deluxe, like it's a it becomes like a it already is a double album, but with the deluxe, it gets more. And I really like the deluxe songs on it too. Yeah, the deluxe songs are really fucking good too. Yeah. Um God. It, and then been... their newer albums are good as well. Say I know I'm not huge uh, on uh, Song Machine because there's not it's... many songs on there that I really like. I man, that cause Song Machine, in my opinion, is better so much better than humans. Because they're like the first few songs that they were drip feeding us, I really liked, but then like when the album actually came out the songs that they didn't drip feed i did not care for and and see that because like whenever i look back on uh humans you know i I still think it's a great album but like comparatively i'm like there's just stuff i like i still like 
well, now that I look at some of the songs, I'm like, okay, I kind of skipped these because I don't really care for these. But Song Machine, I mean, Song Machine, I can listen to from front to back. Like, it is amazing. Uh, everything about it. Uh, but I'm not talking about Song Machine. We're talking about Humans. And Humans is a good album. Yeah, fam- yeah, fantastic album. I, I, Cole, I agree with you. I think it's my it, favorite Gorillaz album as well. It was, it's probably like, it, and it's so like symbolic too of like us leaving high school but then this band making a comeback after so long like holy shit man well and also too like you know we started the podcast three days after this album came out yeah yeah like the the birth of aych was may 1st 2017 so like too i associate that that album a lot with the like colt said the podcast uh as well um again it probably if we didn't talk about it on episode one we definitely talked about it on episode two um yeah and i'm sure i know we would have talked about it on the the year-end awards that year as well yes we did for sure yeah it's just such a cool moment in time like y'all getting out of high school and like we are just us starting like this new creative venture together like i have a i have a special place in my heart for that album it really is a great album. I love it. Gorillas, uh, Devin Albarn, uh, can you do me a favor and don't get too poppy, please? I'm not a big fan of the poppier songs. Do Song Machine season two. I'd love that because Song Machine was good. Um, do Cold. Feel Good Ain't Two. Oh, uh, uh, that's a great song though. The first one's great. I just wouldn't do a sequel. Yeah, do a sequel. I think I actually do a sequel to every song. Jesus Christ, no. And it's just the song over again, but like 10 more seconds of interlude. Cracker Island was okay. I like like Cracker Cracker Island. It was okay. The song's good. Are we ready for my number five? Yes. This is probably the album y'all are also uh, thinking of. Um, It's from 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn it! Maybe I could have guessed a lot of every <laughs> every time I read just the title and I think about this album, I feel G L A M O R O U S, and I'm of course talking about the 2006 album, The Duchess, by the one, the only Fergie, Ferg, Fergie. Yep. Uh, obviously, we did a whole fucking episode on this album, so I'll I'll keep it brief because I've said every piece I've ever have wanted to say about this album. Um, but it's <laughs> it's nothing but bangers. It's nothing but bangers. It's good. I will say that. Fergalicious, all timer, clumsy. You got me tripping. Oh, yep. uh, yeah. How come every time I come around, my London London Bridge want to fall down? I don't know, Fergie. You tell Lundy, me. Lundy, Lundy, Lundy glamorous featuring luna you know half a million butter scones take a trip from here to rome and if you ain't got no money take your broke ass home i mean what the fuck (laughs) yeah i fucking love this album it's really good (laughs) it's so good um it's so good i love it uh glamorous and fergalicious in particular are like two of my favorite pop songs ever so (laughs) i have a real special place in my heart for the duchess it's not just a bit i mean uh i genuinely love this album actually by the time you're listening to it i guess the episode we would have done on it would have just became five years old 
Jesus Christ. And when did we do that for like the 10th? The 12th. 12th. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, anniversary. Uh, cause it came out in 06. So yeah, we did it in 2018 and it was in September. So yeah, the, the but when this episode comes out, that episode will be five years old. <laughs> That's demented. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually kind of just made myself a little sick. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the Duchess, Fergie, y'all should have seen it coming. Hey man, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Um, still no transition. All right. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. I I thought it's all right. <laughs> Wenzel's a punk hater. <laughs> no, I don't. I uh, I know we had. I think we had to listen to it for that. Yeah, we that. we yeah, literally we sat at my kitchen table and listened to it before we did the podcast. I think. I think I thought it was all right. I don't know. It's been a long time. I, I'm not, you know, super big on Fergie. Uh, Tanner, you should piss yourself in uh, celebration. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> okay. I kind of did that the opposite way last night. Yeah, but you got to be like your role model Fergie. Yeah. Fergie Ferg, what's up, baby? Man, oh, iconic. Man, I, I love Fast and the Furious, too. Just kidding. I hate it. Up next, number four. This is another... Not another. This is a childhood album. Like when I think childhood music, I think this band. This band is very ingrained into my childhood, be it in movies uh, or Cody sh- playing them constantly because Cody really enjoyed them too. But I think I enjoy them more. I fucking love them. It's Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. It came out in 2000. This album, oh my God. Hybrid Theory is like peak. Lincoln Park, in my opinion. I'm going to give you some names. We have In the End. We have Crawling. We got fucking One Step Closer to the Edge. I'm about to break. It's so fucking good. I fucking love Hybrid Theory. It is the edgiest you can be. I don't give a shit. I love it so much. Patrick, uh, our friend on the podcast, would probably agree that Hybrid Theory is fucking awesome. Love and a lot part. of people part of the podcast would agree yeah right because like this is like uh kind of new metal-ish new metal yeah 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 I, w- I would say everybody at least probably likes this album in yeah. our general circle which to be fair it's a good album. Yeah, good album a lot of good songs i haven't listened to it fully but every song that like you mentioned on here and others i've listened to off this album it's so fucking good yeah, I fucking love it so much, and uh, super sad. Fucking Chester, he is a one of a kind voice. Don't get me wrong, Mike Shinoda is really talented, but Chester, man, Chester, man, the combination of them working together created some of my favorite music. I fucking love Lincoln Park. Fucking created Transformers One music. Excuse me, just that one song, <laughs> but still, that song is really good. <laughs> Hey, Michael Bay knew what was up. At yeah, the, uh, he, yeah. What right. I've done is made Transformers, and it's uh, not that good, apparently. But in my seven-year-old or eight-year-old head, when I enjoy it, what I've done is what the song was, wasn't it? What the song for Transformers was it called? What I've done. Uh. Yes, it is. I'm listening to it right now. Yes. Okay. Great song, great band. I love you, Lincoln Park. Uh, Chester Bennington, rest in peace. Rest uh, in I peace. Love- 
All right. Are y'all ready? Yes, sir. This might be the album y'all were thinking of. Uh, oh, also, we're like, I know we probably said it, but we're like in the final like four, five. Yeah, yeah, this is my four. Yeah, four. So, from 2007, we have a little album. Infinity on High from your boys of the fallout man maybe yeah. i could have guessed your entire fucking list i, I don't i don't I, I don't think you're going to be able to guess my final three i think i could because <laughs> i'm like what the fuck message them to me i don't think you'll be able to but anyways um so uh infinity on high kind of the same story as a fever you can't sweat out just a couple <laughs> years later obviously um i mean god what uh I mean, you have this ain't a scene. It's an arms race. Hum hallelujah. Thanks for the memories. Carpal Tunnel of Love, which if you remember, the music video for it was Happy Tree Friends. Um, Bang the doldrums. Uh, you're crashing, but you're no wave. I mean, come on. Thanks I'm for the like, memories. It still stands as my favorite Fallout Boy song. I yeah, thanks for the memories is still fucking... Uh, One's you're wrong. Um, it's still <laughs> way. No way. You're fucking yeah. lying. You're yeah, you're lying. Wrong. No, you're wrong. No, fuck um, you. <laughs> um, my personal, and I know we talked about the long uh names earlier, so I will say uh, out song number four on this album is "I'm Like a Lawyer" with the way I'm always trying to get you off. That's parentheses funny. me and you. <laughs> um, but yeah, this album's great. Fucking Jay Z is on the album. Kim Kardashian is in the Thanks for the Me uh, Memories music video because she at the time she was dating Pete Wentz. Um, so like weirdly stacked album, like, and then the rest is all like Fallout Boy, but it, it I mean it's great. Like a top tier Fallout Boy to me is Infinity on High. Like I, I think this, I mean, their their first couple of albums are all really, really great. And I probably could have had like uh the album before this that I'm blanking on the, the from under one. the cork tree. Right, yeah. From under the cork tree. Uh, I could have had that on here probably uh, and felt the same way, but this, this one edges it out just because it, it, it has a better banger ratio. There's really only one song on this album that I'm not huge on. Uh, and that's golden. Um, I, I don't think it matches the vibe of the rest of the album, but it's literally only two minutes. So I give it a pass. Okay, I fucking Fair. love this album too. It's really good. Yeah, great, uh, great album. Bad. I don't think they have Fallout Boy has had some hit and misses since this album, um, but I do. I I think this is like their their best album. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I've listened to a few of the songs off of this. Haven't listened to it fully, but uh, I mean, like Colt said, thanks for the memories, man. Thanks for the memories. Even weren't so great yep taste like you bonely sweeter y'all ready for number three i'm always sure ready. top number three th three this is the third the tooth tooth yeah three uh i have the new abnormal by the strokes came out in 2020 i knew were strokes album yes but i think every single song on this album is wonderful my favorite is At the Door, easily, uh, no contest. But Selfless, The Adults Are Talking, Ode to the Mets, Fuck Eternal Summer, all of these are great. 
I fucking love this album. Uh, I enjoy the strokes a, go- a good bit. Uh, Julian Casablancas, I just, I love his voice. I know he can be uh, considered a little shithead at times, but he does have talent. I will not lie. Yeah, man, dude can sing. Uh, dude's fucking weird, but he yeah, can he's sing. He's a weird dude. He's just, he's just a fucking, I don't know. It, it's so bizarre. Like, he's just a weird douche sometimes yeah. <laughs> like i i don't i don't understand why but goddamn can he sing amen to that bro but yeah the at the door is i say it's my easily my favorite song because i just sounds but the music video for it is also fucking beautiful it's made like a really well done saturday morning cartoon uh from like the 80s it's really really good God, I've never even seen the music video. I, I just I remember listening to the album um, front to back. Great. I agree. I can listen to this front to back without skipping anything. I love you, the strokes. Very good. I, I would say probably my favorite song on here is probably Eternal Summer. I just love that. That sound on there. It's just none of my good stuff. None of my bangers, in my opinion. Yeah. Excellent. You gotta What's go, your Tanner? favorite Strokes album, Tanner? I don't yeah. have one. I, I, yeah, I, of course you don't. Of course don't, you don't. I don't really listen to the Strokes. Sure. And you, and you should change that, you fucker. Um, well, y'all ready for my next little picky? I Yay! guess. My number three. If it isn't a Strokes album, then we're gonna have a problem. Uh-oh. Okay, well... <laughs> I'm not, okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> but my number three, just a year later on my list, 2008. Uh, so I, as you can see, uh, I, I hold a lot of, if I liked you in the mid two thousands, chances are, I still like you music wise. Um, I went with the fame Lady Gaga's, uh, debut album. Oh, uh, not a bad choice at all. Uh, I mean, ju- just dance, love game, paparazzi, poker face. I mean, is disco stick on it. Yeah. Love game. Oh, oh yeah. I thought I, yeah. I've always called that disco stick in my head. Yeah. Um, great album. I remember seeing the music video again, MTV, uh, Saturday morning countdown, whatever for poker face. I'm like, wow, that bangs. And here I am 15 years later and I'm still like that bangs. I, I always feel like I found Lady Gaga really early. Like I, I listened to Gaga before this album dropped. So I always like to myself on the back with that one i'm like yeah that's the fun part about lady gaga is if you were kind of i don't want to say chronically online but if you were online at the time you could listen to some good ass lady gaga yep and uh, i i would say you cody and me we were we were on that ground floor yeah we're on the the ground floor with gaga but yeah i mean just a great album um i could have had I I almost put the Fame Monster, and then I thought about cheating and putting the deluxe version of Fame Monster, which also just has all the Fame on it plus the Fame Monster. But I didn't want to cheat. Um, I feel like that's kind of cheating. Um, I could put Chromatica on here. I mean, really, any Gaga album. Like I, I knew before I started making this list, I'm like, okay, I have to put a Gaga album somewhere. Um, but I went with the Fame because I think it was such a great debut. Like showing and yeah just kind of set the the world on fire and it's really like change pop 
in the last 15 years, I think. Um, but yeah, a- absolute bangers. Frick yeah, brother. Yeah, hell yeah. Love Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is fucking talented throughout her entire career. There's not really an album to I dislike this. Mm-mm. No, no. She, she, every one of her albums, I mean, there's obviously some I like more than others, yeah. but all of her albums to me are at least like, I don't skip through like half the album with any of her stuff. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I didn't like Chromatica. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's fucking weird. I like. I like. That's homophobic. Like, I like probably like two or three songs on there. Yeah, man. Damn. I don't know. My number two, top two time. This is a group that I actually didn't uh, discover uh, until I saw a trailer for Watch Dogs Two. That kind of gives it away. Uh. Run the Jewels 2 by Run the Jewels 2014 is my number two. Holy shit, this album is fan-fucking-tastic. Because I remember uh, it was an E3, and they're showing the trailer for Watch Dogs 2, I want to say. Uh, which, yes. yes. What E3 was that? It was like 2015, I want to say. Maybe. Yeah, and, 14 or 15. And uh, Tanner's like, oh, they got uh, Run the Jewels. I'm like, I, I don't know Run the Jewels. Uh, but... Ever since then, I've been listening to RTJ2 pretty much constantly. It's a yearly experience I have. Uh, oh My Darling Don't Cry, Blockbuster Night Part 1, Jeopardy, Close Your Eyes and Count the Fuck, Lie, Cheat, Steal, Love Again, Early. Just nothing but bangers. All across, Run the Jewels 2 is fucking great. And I just want to say, shout out Meow the Jewels 2. Meow the Jewels is fucking awesome. And it's, it's surprisingly, I enjoy some Meow the Jewels songs more than the original, which is kind of fucked up, but <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> That's crazy. Hell yeah. Jewels, Killer Mike, LP, both insanely talented people. And I cannot wait for uh, Run the Jewels 5 because it, it's going to happen. I just got to wait. I fucking love Run the Jewels. I think. I, I thought they said they're done with the number system. Well, it's still going to be Run the Jewels 5, even if they don't use the number system. Sure. Um, maybe I'm making that up. Um, yeah, Run the Jewels 2, man. Great is, album. Uh, Definitely their best I, album. I agree. Yeah, no, no, as soon as they, uh, as soon as that trailer popped up and they started playing Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck, I, I was getting hyped, even though I never played the game and came back like i always i always think when i think about the song i actually think about that trailer because it was just it was really good it was really well done yeah um, i thank you watchdogs too for showing me the ways of run the jewel i mean you could also thank your friends but okay i mean that's the first time i heard it so put it in my life all right um all right yeah, i mean that killer album killer album um up next is probably uh, it was a contentious pick for me putting this on here, but I, I've thought about how often I've listened to parts of this album for years, um, and the fact that I did not really like this album uh, upon first hearing it, and as grown, I was like, "Well, this hat, this has to make this list. This would make my desert island list." Um, from 2016, I have "How to Be a Human Being" by Glass Animals. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I remember when you were being a fucking negative Nancy, being contrarian, being like, I 
think it's doo-doo, but actually... Well, we I don't think I said that. I, I think, think I just it's said... kind of doo-doo caca. <laughs> Damn, there's two yeah. tanners here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck! Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, uh, this, this album, uh, sp- specifically the first four songs on the album, Life Itself, Youth, Season 2, Episode 3, and Pork Soda, I am a huge fan of. It really wasn't until we saw them live where I was like, I get it. Um, Because I, I really went live for us to have like the live concert experience together. I was not huge on them prior to us going to this concert. Like Even after listening to this album, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, it's fine. Uh, but then we went to that concert and like re-listening to this album, I'm like, oh man, this is good. And they have a t- they have a lot of really good songs. I don't like fucking Heat Waves at all. I still stand by that. I I can't believe that is the song that has broken like the mainstream barrier for them because I fucking hate it. Um, <laughs> I like it, but it's way too overplayed. Way over fucking years. Play no, something it, different. It is overplayed to hell. Yeah, it has been the song of the summer for. Four fucking years. It's like the COVID song of the summer. I will say at my job currently, it's played in the morning every fucking time I work there. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Yeah. I've kind of gotten to the point you're at where I loved it at first, but now I've heard it so much that I'm kind of hating listening to it. No, and there's other songs on that same album I like. I just, I I didn't like Heat Waves before it got, like, super overplayed on the radio. Like, it just wasn't one of my go-to songs on that album. Um, But, yeah, like, Season 2, Episode 3 is probably my favorite song on this album. Um, It'd be that or or Pork Soda. It'd be one of those two. But, yeah, it's such a great album. Seeing them live and, like, uh, we saw my Iron City in Birmingham shout-out. Um, and like, God, 2018, I guess it maybe 2017. One of those. it was, it was summer of 2017. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah summer, I, summer of 2017. Cause yeah, with, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, great, great album. Love it. Um, yeah, my, the, my number two chronologically 2016. Yeah. I remember when the first single came out, life itself had come out that summer before our senior year and just wanting, oh my God, I just been, I was wanting so much because I was like, holy shit, um, it's so freaking good. And then listening to Zaba, that's their first album, I was like, I need more. And then I, I remember being so like close, like to the fucking screen, keeping up with any updates involving them. Like I listened to every single that came out or I tried to get to listen to everything. Um, god damn just and then when the album came out it just it i remember that morning putting it on my on my way to school and just fucking replaying pork soda over and over fucking yeah i can listen to the album front to back yeah it's it's a great it's a truly great album what song had mayonnaise in it season two episode three season two episode three yeah great song great song (laughs) what song had mayonnaise in it I just remember one of the lyrics had mayonnaise. Yeah, that was no. a big thing I just remembered for some time. Yeah, yeah. no, I actually re-listened to this album recently at work because I, I was just like, holy shit, it's so good. Yeah, it, no, it's still, yeah, it's still incredible. All right, Forget. last one, number one. What number is it going to be? Uno. Number one for me is another album we've already talked about. So you know it's the only other album we had uh that we talked about 
It's Discovery by Daft Punk. This is all-time uh-huh. favorite album. Nothing but fucking bangers on this album. I fucking this is another childhood classic. I've talked about it super in depth on the uh, album episode we did, one of them. And uh, Jesus fucking Christ! From one more time, Aerodynamic is my most favorite at that funk. That's it's just so good. Aerodynamic, Crescent Dolls. Uh, they got fucking one. Uh, not one more time. Uh, fucking. What is that song called? Because it's the only song I don't have liked on Spotify because I've heard it so much that I'm kind of tired of hearing it. And it's harder, better, faster, stronger. Even though I love it, I've just heard it so much. Yeah. And it's like not even the best song in the album. Well, also, too, it's been like memed too, like on TikTok. Like I feel like that, like the whopper, whopper, whopper. Yeah, yeah. British yeah. Quo, too long, face to face, shorts. This album is a fucking banger all the way through. I was actually contemplating putting Interstellar uh, 5555 on my movie list because it is basically a movie album. Uh, or, uh, yeah, a movie album. And it's a really fucking good because the music's great and the animation is really good too. Just fucking Daft Punk, man. I love you so much. Super sad you're gone. Fucking beyond sad that you didn't really uh, final uh, goodbye album, but or go on a final tour, yeah, yeah anything not, like that. Yeah, they're not dead; they just broke up. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, when they said good- goodbye, they posted a clip from one of their uh, movies, the live action movie they did, uh, where they both exploded in the desert. So technically, <laughs> they're dead. Yeah, yeah, it's not even that they broke up; they just retired. Like they don't yeah. do anything anymore. Uh, do they have to? They probably have tons of fucking money. Oh, fucking! Oh, no! But yeah, I would. I, I would have loved to have seen them live. Yeah, yeah, true. I'd like to see them live or just. I just still want that last album, man. They teased us by making like music with the weekend, which don't get me wrong, I love Starboy, but <sighs> god damn it, I just wanted one more album. I mean, Rain of Access Memories is fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, I nothing I. Never say anything about random access memories. I love random yeah. access. Uh, get lucky, song of the summer. Uh, they should make a song that's a smash up of Get Lucky and Heat Waves. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I could tolerate Get Lucky more now since it's oh. been a while. Oh yeah, yeah. I fucking yeah. love Get Lucky. Get luck. Also, Get Lucky. Just I mean, take off the overplayedness of the two. Get Lucky is objectively a better song than Heat Waves. Yeah, I'd agree. But, uh, all right, y'all ready for my number one? Yeah. I'm just going to go out and say it from 2017, Flower Boy from Tyler. Hey, wait a minute. I was partially right, you fucker. Okay. What, so, Wenzel did send me his guess. He said Channel Orange by Frank Ocean, which uh, was on the short list for this. He said, I don't know the other one and Flower Boy. So, he was 33% correct. I'm not. That's failing. Channel Orange was almost on mine, too. Yeah, Ch- Channel Orange made it pretty far in, in my shortlist deliberations. Wow, nice. Um, but Fl- Flower Boy, a, summer of 2017-2018 for me, like just listening to this album, I absolutely... I say summer, did it? Or maybe I'm conflating the two. Did it not come out in like May? I don't know. It came out in July of 2017, so it was uh, tail end of summer. Yeah, um, but I love it front to back. I still listen to this album like 
fairly regularly. Um, front I can't to get back. the 2020 vision. Uh, Cupid hit me with precision. yeah. 2020, 2020 vision. Cupid hit me. Cupid hit me with precision. Ah, but yeah, it's uh, it's so good. Um, that is uh, see you again. But also, this album features boredom. My personal favorite song on the album. Uh, Who that boy? Uh, I mean, glitter. <laughs> November. Yeah, Wen- Wenzel. I feel like there was a while there where every time I got in Wenzel's car, it he would. He's like, oh, I'm throwing my playlist on shuffle. But Who that boy would always be the first song. It's so um, good. <laughs> it, it is a great song. Um, but yeah, it is a fucking phenomenal album. Uh, really like sold me on Tyler the creator. I'm not huge on his first couple of albums. I, I, uh, Nobody is. Yeah. I'm just not huge on, them. but like I actually almost put uh, Igor on here. Um, like over flower boy. Like that's how highly I think of Igor. Um, but fl- I think flower boy, I just edges out Igor from being my like introduction per se. And like, I just really have dug pretty much everything he's done post flower boy. Yeah, uh, no, you're not wrong because like, like those first few albums, it was like they were kind of okay, you know. Of course, there had been kind of like a cult following with yeah. Tyler with uh that brand or whatever that he had. It was uh, an but, edgy. I was not a big fan. Of it was yeah. very much an edgy skater kind of like yeah, because and especially too like when like with what he was like kind of the problematic things he was saying on those albums, but then like when Flower Boy comes out, it kind of puts like those certain those certain things like you know yeah it, flower boy is a much more mature album than any of his previous outings up to that yeah. point and it puts into perspective those things that he did say because it's like oh well now we kind of understand tyler because now you know he's like uh, because he would he would use you know homophobic slurs and it was just like oh, like oh that's not good but then come to find out it's like oh well you know he is actually gay and um and not to say that, like, you know, that kind of justifies using at the time, but like, but then it like kind of puts into perspective of everything. Um, yeah, like Flower Boy, when that came out, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure we were all hyped on it. Like, that was like a big, like, like 2017, like, start of the podcast, but also a big year for like music. Yeah, it for, was for uh, 2016 to 2017, like, big year for music that a little era right there and i remember I, I i don't necessarily remember summer as much as i do remember fall for flower boy for some reason i guess because of the orange colors yeah um but yeah I, no i remember listening to who that boy like for like when it first it was coupled with, with that with uh 911 mr lonely with frank ocean holy shit yeah like i i, I also just want to say tyler the creator is not actually out as yeah. gay uh it's more so his sexuality is kind of like with flower boy it's kind of like it's on a spectrum there's not really a word he he has said that doesn't really define his sexuality but he's not he's not gay just wanted to to put that out because i was like like uh curious a few years ago uh probably like last year but still I could not find a definitive answer. Yeah, no, and there's not. I I think it kind of just. I think it very much is on uh, like a spectrum. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, all right. He has like said before, like 
again, and this would have been like 2015. So like, oh, is he being edgy or what? Like, like I found a quote because I, I actually included it in my notes because I, I did want to touch on it just a little bit. But uh, he said, like, my friends are so used to me being gay. They don't even care. But th- like that's like it's still edgy area. But also, like, he has said he has had boyfriends before, but he's also had girlfriends. But also, there's a flower boy lyric where he says, I've been kissing white boys since 2004. But it is very much a... He is not, he is on the spectrum, but it is definitely not like a... I guess, like a term. Yeah. Say. Which fair, I find enough. extremely fascinating. Yeah, I, I, di- I didn't know either. Like, because after listening to Flower Boy, I was like, oh, well, that kind of explains like all the other stuff I've ever heard about him. And then, like, reading about him, like, oh, okay, that's cool. It was just like <laughs> confusing. I was like, oh, okay. Like, because he's like, I mean, he doesn't even call himself bisexual either. It's, it's like totally, I mean, sexuality is on the spectrum, anyways, but it's just like, he is just on the spectrum, like not not even like a defined term, I, I guess. All right. Well, uh, yeah, uh, I didn't know that either. Good to know, though. Um, and, and again, you know, with usage of like slurs and stuff, that's obviously very problematic, not good. But um, like like a like with this knowledge, though, it helps to kind of understand. Um, yeah. OK, yeah. well, uh, but no. still great ass album. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking phenomenal album. That's yeah. Uh oh, man. Um well there you go. These are the essential albums and uh movies for us. Uh Wenzel, not Wenzel. A tenor did have some stinkers on both lists. I did not like them. I kind of fucking hated them. I was what stinkers do I have on the movie list? Francis haha, it's garbage doo doo. Uh yeah, Fran- that's that's you. That's a huge problem. It's kind of a cold problem, yeah. (sighs) Um, But to reiterate, though, the the 10 uh, Colts top... Sorry, hold on, burping. Top 10... um, Goddamn. uh, Top 10 is uh, Kid Anesia by Radiohead. Uh, Again, this is from 10 to 1. Uh, Get to Heaven by Everything Everything. Uh, Sempaternal by Bring Me the Horizon. New Flesh by Priest. Details by Fru Fru, Humans by Gorillas, Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park, The New Abnormal by The Strokes, Run the Jewels 2 by Run the Jewels, and Discovery by Daft Punk. And for Tanners, from 10 to 1, Can't Buy a Thrill by Steely Dan, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Sir Elton John, Purple Rain by Prince, Brand New Man by Brooks and Dunn, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out by Panic of the Disco, The Duchess by Fergie, Infinity on High by Fall Out Boy, The Fame by Lady Gaga, How to Be a Human Being by Glass Animals, and Flower Boy by Tyler, the Creator. Yeah, I honestly, I think two, I I think the list, like looking back on them, I think, especially Colt's list, does, like, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, like, it definitely makes sense. I, I hope that to y'all like my list conveys like oh yeah i can buy it yeah i knew like almost half of them yeah but i i i just have a question so colt did his essentials i did my essentials wenzel i now it's time for your essentials so i know you have your list ready let's hear them um well, that's crazy because uh we're actually into the podcast right now thank you for listening uh i'm wenzel That's Tanner, and that's Colt. Goodbye.
<laughs> I don't I don't get the joke. Okay. Uh <laughs> so <laughs> at first right. I was like at first I was like Oh fuck! Does he want me to stop the recording? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I do in a bit. Uh, please don't leave. Please stay. Uh, that goes for everybody. But uh, if you're wondering though, uh, why why wouldn't Wenzel do an essentials list? Because music, movies, he loves that shit. Why wouldn't he do one? Well, that's because I'm doing a whole goddamn podcast about it. What? Uh, don't act surprised. <laughs> we've known this for a while i know that's very cringy tanner wow sorry i didn't uh, i didn't know i i, I uh i don't know even though i've talked about it so much i'm glad yeah. you're listening to me um, yeah I no no i'm kidding the calendar no i'm kidding i'm kidding so basically uh i'm gonna have a new there's gonna be a new podcast it's it, obviously it will be affiliated with all you can hear but it'll be on its own feed um I won't be using SoundCloud. I'll be using Spotify for that. Um, and it's called Wendell's Essentials. And it'll basically be me uh, going through what I consider to be a central essential. Um, and uh, there's going to be three sections. I, I guess I should explain this. There's going to be three sections. There's going to be books, movies, and music. Because, would well, you know it, I love books too. And that's also, we didn't cover it for here because, um, you know, they, these these two guys they don't read like i do and um it, that it would be uniquely me to do a section about books so it'll be essential viewing essential reading and essential listening and it will basically be me just going covering movies that i that i consider essential not only just for me but just all all time um well me as well but the thing is is that um i won't be relegate i won't be relegating myself to just 10 it's literally just endless basically same thing for books music and movies constantly watching stuff constantly listening stuff constantly reading so i'm just going to be talking about the things you know that i love without with no limit pretty much and um it'll be divided like that and uh the first episode uh which will be an introduction in which you'll find out more i'll explain more about this how it's going to work and i'm going to release stuff it's going to come out on september uh 20th that will be the wednesday uh of this week which this will come out on the monday of that week um no so no wrong <laughs> this comes oh, out the 25th 25th my bad uh so th so yours at the, comes out the 20 i think your introduction comes out the 26th goddamn <laughs> i think that's how we yeah no you're right uh, it's just that now I put on the calendar wrong. Oh, so it comes out on Tuesday. The it, the no, it would come out. It, I have it on. Uh, well, no, no. Uh, I have it right. So the essentials episode, this lad's essentials, comes out on the eighteenth. My episode will come out on Wednesday, the twentieth. Oh my god! Yeah, you're. Oh my god, Tanner! I'm sorry. I I got the. Because yeah. the last episode would yeah, 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 podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're totally right. I've, I, I, I was thinking. This is what happens when we record so much ahead of time. Yeah, I, I was thinking this came out a, a separate week. Yes, sorry. I'm so sorry. I was about to say I checked twice and I, yeah, I implemented this stuff with the thought of that. Don't. It, don't here's what's do sad. Me. Here's what's sad. I was looking at the Google Calendar. 
while you were talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. That that's a totally that's a that's anyway. a Tanner bad. Kiss his feet. Don't kiss my feet. Suck his toes. Just, just don't touch me. Don't don't touch me right now. Um. So yeah. So uh, September twentieth, my episode will come out. It'll be episode zero. It'll just be an introduction. I'll explain how I'm going to be releasing it. How I'm going to be dividing up the sections. Um, how I'm doing rankings and ratings, and um, and uh, what my first uh, that first week of what's coming out is going to be. So um, yeah, stay tuned for that. Look out for that. And yeah, uh, it, yeah. yeah. And I was, I was just going to mention, we are also going to release it on this feed to kind of direct everybody to like Wenzel's links and stuff for that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, we're I'm excited to listen to it because Wenzel's been working on this like God I, since I've known about it since like the beginning of the year. Yeah, February, because so, I, yeah. I I came up with it and I guess to kind of explain this too, we also talk about this on the state of the podcast. It, it's just kind of a. Uh, at the very early in the very close to the beginning of the year, I was like, I really I feel like something was still missing. I f- felt like I still needed to do kind of some aspect involving like with my books and then with movies and then with music, too. And this is kind of where that came from. I, you know, I'll talk about it more in my episode zero. But um, yeah. Hell yeah. Also, cool. I just want to go ahead and say we're probably going to do a video game essentials uh, for Backlog Boys, obviously. Because uh, I feel like that's something that's very big in at least my life that we should talk about. Because good God, I have so many video games that are my favorites. Oh yeah, that'd be a super fun episode to do for Backlog Boys. I didn't even think of that. Sure, you can. You guys can do that. Um, oh, oh, so you're not gonna do anymore? Oh, no, Wendell's leaving the podcast. You kind of, uh, you kind of blindsided me there. Uh. So. Oh my god! Yeah, me too. Actually, Colt, guys, I'm retiring and I'm creating all you can fear podcast where I'm just gonna be screaming in the mic at random intervals. Oh, scary! <laughs> actually, uh, I mean, though, I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess we can do a video game essentials. I mean, it won't have nothing to do with me or the essentials, but sure, we can do that. Hell yeah! Um, Shit. I mean, unless you guys haven't played enough games to say off ten games and. I'll- No, I've only ever played three games. I can only name three games off the top of my head: Call of yep. Duty, Fortnite, and Overwatch. Yep, same. Eat with Hot me. Chip, Family yeah. Guy Online, Club Penguin. No, no, we'll definitely have to do that for Backlog Boys, though. Yeah, an essential. Yeah, that sounds like a fun um, episode. Yeah. Uh, well, are we ready for plugs? Yeah. Hey. All right. Thank you, everybody for listening to this week's episode as always you can check us out on twitter is still right now where you can get uh your most up-to-date news with us uh until that ship sinks uh so that'd be at aych podcast uh if you're listening right now leave us a like leave us a review leave us a rating subscribe even that would be super rad uh share it with your friends be like oh my god these super awesome guys are just killing it right now. So go check that out. Um, because that would be great. Ah, God, I'm trying to think like twitch.tv slash all you can hear. Uh, I've started my Tuesdays with Tanner streams every Tuesday. I'm streaming. That's kind of it. We've got some more intermittent streams 
throughout the month. Uh, and I will say, stay tuned for next week's episode for a big stream announcement. Uh, YouTube.com at AYCH Podcast. I found searching AYCH Podcast is the easiest way to find us. Just search AYCH Podcast on YouTube. You will find us. Subscribe. It is right now still of our Twitch archive, but some original content is going to be coming down the pipeline real soon, brother. Um, and God, Instagram AYCH Podcast, Letterbox AYCH Podcast. Hopefully, we hopefully should be on Blue Sky by the time you hear that this episode. So I'm going to say AYCH Podcast on Blue Sky as well. And you can follow me on Twitter Tanner one four nine five on Blue Sky Tanner one four nine five on Letterbox. Guess what? Tanner one four nine five. Uh, and uh, probably not threads. I, I don't really vibe with threads. Loser. It's given a vibe. demonic aura. Yet you vibe with Blue Sky, even though there's fucking jack shit on there. I like the layout of Blue Sky more. Right now, both of them feel like just people screaming a lot. Yeah. Oh, wow. I like Blue me. Sky because it fucking feels uh, more like Twitter. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm hoping I think Blue Sky will get there eventually. We just uh, they need to add DMs to it quick. Yeah. Pat follow me Please. on Blue Sky. Yeah, yeah and I just want... follow Pat back. Yep. Yippee. All right. Well that that's all the plugs I had. You gonna plug Winslow? No, you go ahead. Okay. My name Colt. Follow me on Twitter, Colt D00. Follow me on Blue Sky at Colt D99. Uh, follow me home from work. Whoa. That's it. Just kidding. Please don't. That'd be creepy. And I work in Georgia. At the Comcast building. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why he would say that. Uh, anyway. Need some friends. Thank you for listening. I'm Winslow. You can follow me on Twitter at Winsy Wilkie. Before that. Uh, before that goes away, uh, follow me on Instagram at World of Wednesday. Go follow my threads, World of Wednesday. Go follow me on Blue Sky as well, World of Wednesday. And uh, go to follow my bookstagram, Wenzel Banters. And um, again, stay tuned for the first episode of Wenzel's Essentials. Uh, really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, I have a link tree for links for everything, including my letterbox and my Goodreads. So check that out. And uh, yeah, thank you. Hell yeah. And thank you, Wenzel, for putting together this episode and like making Colt and I do this because I've again, I've never really have sat down and thought about it, but I had a, I had a ton of fun. No, no. Thank you for doing it. I mean, yeah, you guys were the ones that uh, sat down and really thought about it. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, no, no problem. All right. Any last words? Hasta la vista, baby. Fuck a baby. <laughs>